0: Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. As always, I am Brent Young, and it's a Monday night, which means that uh, I'm joined by two highly esteemed co-hosts, two two, two fantastic guys that know how to break down the nuts and bolts of Cincinnati sports, Cincinnati Bearcats, and recently Cincinnati Bengals, man. who who they think going to beat them Bengals? But... Without further ado, you can't mention the BBP. You cannot mention the Bearcat Bounce Podcast without mentioning our good friends over at Danco Transmission. Danco Transmission, guys. When the Bearcats shoot threes, Danco Transmission is the one that is there to supply the goods. 90. Is that right, Chad? 90.
1: You're on mute. 90. No no, off. no, no, that was
2: that was Memphis, like three, the, so there was a game, it's the Wichita State game we're going off of right now. Still? There wasn't a game this weekend. Well, I guess, I guess the most recent game, if it's the most recent game, the most recent game was 90. So yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. $90 off.
0: <laughs> Anything that you spend over $100 on. At Dan Cotrans, That's uh, crazy. $90. Thank the 16 total three-pointers made. Thank the offensive surge that they've been on in such a heartbeat. Man, Danco transmission, huge thanks to them.
1: Out in Fairfield.
0: Out in Fairfield. Right across
1: from <laughs> Jungle, Jungle Gems. Jungle Gems.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, Look, head over there. You, you guys have been awesome with Galactic. I need you guys to get to Danco. $90 off a service, a, a, a repair anything over a hundred dollars, you get $90 off this week. Mm-hmm. I need a couple of you to make it out there for me because we are wiping the floor with Galactic. We need to, we need to step it up getting guys out to uh, getting you guys out to Danco send me uh, tweets with pictures and uh, the service is great. They're going to take care of you. They're diehard Bearcat fans. They deserve our support. They're supporting this podcast. They're supporting this community. Help support them back for them. I know it's it's Fairfield. It's far for some of you, but it's worth very, it. Very
0: far for me, but Same. I tell you what, I am I am down. I am so down. If it comes to the point where I'm in town and I need a little oil change, or maybe I get a little you know pull off on the side of the road, something that I can't do with my own hands, and a quick YouTube video, Danco Transmission. Whew. Head over there. Mention Bearcat Journal. Mention BBP. Mention it all. You'll get it going. Oh.
2: Okay, we'll get started here. This is Deanna. She's a loyal listener. Funny story for you guys. Spirit week for my daughter. She's wearing her Bearcats jersey tomorrow. She's upset I don't have a helmet and mouth guard to go with the jersey. <laughs> like you're gonna have, it sounds like you're going to have to buy a helmet and mouth guard. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys know what I had to buy today, right?
1: A new bathtub?
2: Well, no, I'm trying to find somebody that will fix the hole. Uh, But it's related to that particular person who is not a Bengals fan this week. So what do you think I had to purchase today? Travis
0: Kelsey jersey.
2: Yeah, I did have to purchase a Travis Kelsey jersey today.
1: That's on you, man. What color did we go with? Red?
2: We went with the red. Yeah, they had had an option in the white. I like the red more. Uh, and we could have done the cheap, like youth jerseys, like the, you know, the replica, but I'm not going to do that. Like, but she's, she's all in on Travis. I, I, she almost, she was to the verge of tears last night when Buffalo scored with 13 seconds left. She's like, they're not, they're not going to be able to do it. Are they dad? And I was like, probably not kid <laughs> 13 seconds. And you gotta you gotta go pretty good amount here to get this field goal. The odds are the odds are not in your favor. And then when Travis caught that ball down the seam, uh, the neighbors probably thought we were murdering her.
1: Well, you saw Chris <laughs> Vanini's tweet where he said that that game last night broke ESPN's uh, like percent win percentage yeah, tracker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody said it looked like <laughs> a
2: <defibrillator. laughs> it, looked like, it looked like a defib. Um, so she's all in on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. This house is going to be insufferable. We we stopped by uh, Twin Peaks with, with Mo and Tony today to have some dinner uh, before the show. And she's just sitting there randomly, like, making up Kansas City cheers. Like, at the table. She's Let's go, Chiefs. Yeah. a Kansas City. Like, okay. like that's all she did for an hour and a half sitting at the wow. table, just making up cheers for the chiefs. So it she is going from, to be,
0: she goes from saying she's going to attend the university of Cincinnati to becoming a Cincinnati troll. Oh, no, The span I mean, of, of, of well, a month and a half.
2: Why is she a Chiefs fan?
0: Well, I know, but yes, but still you can't like to her. That's, that. that's
2: the loyalty to her. Understand. She is named to her incorrectly. She is named after Travis Kelsey. Yeah, she's true. named after Jason Kelsey, but she you should have told her that
1: you'd only buy her one Kelsey jersey, and it's Jason, the one that she was named <laughs> after. The end, the, the end. end, hard, hard, hard stop snippet there. Cut.
2: I don't, I don't know that they have uh women's fit Jason Kelsey jerseys.
1: You get the <laughs> custom made, it's fine. Yeah, I think you have
0: uh, to have a beard if you get a Jason Kelsey jersey. They're like, no, you have to send it like for the
2: credentials, <laughs> right? You gotta send it a headshot. <laughs> She's like, can you can you text Jason and see if he can get us tickets to the game? And I'm like, one, no, and two, he's literally a mountain man. Like, there's a four percent chance he checks his texts on a daily basis. He, someone else does it for him, right? And I just I just don't think he, he's one of those dudes that he has a phone. He but he just kind of sits Long, there. But now he, he has no
0: one. <laughs> he has no one anymore. Yeah.
2: I, I guarantee he's one of those dudes that like just their phone sits there. You know, get back to you like eight days later, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, I haven't looked at my phone." Well, who knows? She wants to go to Kansas City. She's begging me to take her to Kansas City for
1: this game. Where's, where's your mute button for Kelsey?
2: I wish I. It doesn't work. I've pointed Kansas it at her. City. and Tried it over. And I mean, I'd love to. If it was a Saturday, I'd probably go.
0: I mean, I mean, you can go to Kansas City. Did you Pick tell her? Not Tickets sure if we're going absurd. to the game,
2: but but we'll yeah. go
0: to Kansas City.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I can find – I've got a way for everything. I'm sure right. I can find a way. Get a press Not, pass or two. Yeah, you know, could work on something. We, we yeah. cover the Bengals here on Bearcat Journal now.
0: We do. So. We do. Yeah.
2: Uh, but all that to be said, it's going to be a long week in the Brendel household leading up to Sunday. And if yeah. the Chiefs win, that kid is going to be insufferable. For a long time,
0: something tells me even if they lose, they'd be this little insufferable. stuff. But at least,
2: at least if the Bengals win, she has to shut up about right. it,
0: right? So you're like, rooting real hard for the Bengals, right?
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, listen
0: to us talking about the Bengals possibly going to the Super Bowl. It's insane.
2: We're talking about Travis Kelsey, which we are, fit. we are, this, we
0: are. Yeah. Travis but Kelsey in Cincinnati, but hey, you know what? That, that's the NFL talk. NFL was fantastic. A weekend off for the basketball team. But man, still, that was nice. We, Not still, even,
2: we, I needed a weekend to kind of recharge the batteries.
0: Right, right. But, but, you know, this isn't a normal layoff. This is the, there, it's going to be the same amount of layoff. Well, well, before we jump into the Bearcat talk, guys, Chad Breno, Aaron Smith, guys, how are we? How are we?
1: After, after another Bengals win and looking at the AFC championship, I mean, it's, it's been a wild ride as a Cincinnati fan this year. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to next weekend, man.
0: Whew, Ted, How are we?
1: I mean, I just told you how I am. Like, I know.
0: <laughs> but but as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bearcats, how are we?
2: Uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm doing good. I'm ready to ready to get back on the uh on the horse starting Whew. tomorrow with uh Uh, Are we going to have a bet? I'm sure it's something. But I'm already buying her the damn Travis Kelsey jersey. I already lost the bet. And she doesn't have any money to buy anything because she spends her Christmas money like it's catching her pants on pocket on fire. So she can't buy me anything. So if we have a bet, I'm going to have to pay myself. Right. For the
0: bet. You you (laughs) should just completely fool her and just buy a throwback Travis Kelsey Bearcat
2: jersey. I should. I should and be like if you wanted to wear a Travis jersey, here you go.
0: I mean, it would be warmly accepted at any Chiefs game. I guarantee you that. But, yeah, it would. but red and black the, colors fit. Yeah, it fits. This is
2: Bearcat talk,
0: guys. Let's let's dive into what is you know, all of a sudden. I, you know, sometimes Aaron when time you,
2: stamp that nine uh, one through ten intro one minute through ten minutes intro
0: intro in NFL talk.
2: <laughs> I'm joking. You can
0: leave out the NFL talk, but. Guys, uh, this is everyone's favorite time of the college basketball season. If you are a fan of someone who maybe had some some not really under average outlook heading into the season or where performance has kind of outplayed where you expected a team to currently be, it's the bubble talk. It's, it's time for bubble land. And a lot of huge games in the future. Don't Don't get it twisted. This is... Nowhere by any means the start of a a Cincinnati Bearcats back to the tournament conversation. But you see numerous different national outlets putting the red and black in those proverbial first four, next four outs right there on that dreaded bubble. But sometimes years like this on the happily accepted bubble. Reason for that, high level play. Including their victory against Tulsa, 90 to 69. 90 to 69, a 21 point victory against Tulsa. Chad and Aaron, you guys kind of recap this a bit on the nightly recap. But as you look back, I know it was last Thursday night. I, I mean, this was a game where, yet again, they were on fire from deep, played highly connective defense, they were flying all over the place. Probably one of their better all-around games this entire year.
2: Yeah, they played really well. I mean, they they shot it well. The The, the defensive intensity was good. The effort was good. Uh, I thought for about 35 minutes, I did think there was a little five-minute window at the end of the first half uh, where we saw things dip a little bit, but then they jumped right back on it in the second half and and pulled away and coasted to victory um so i overall like you you have to be thrilled with the trajectory that that we're on right now watching this basketball program
0: there's no doubt um you know I, and i also want to take a step back because you know you would look at tulsa and you would kind of just say six and eleven is what they're currently at after a, a, a loss to memphis this weekend and you kind of be like okay well yeah since then they should beat that team by that much but then you look at it, if you had read my little preview article, I know it's it, those are so thrilling to, to read, with, especially with these, these teams with the bad records. But, I, I mean, you look at SMU, they lost by five. Memphis, they lost by three. Temple, they lost by five. Houston, they lost by two. And then Memphis again this weekend, they lost by two in a game that they were up the entire game by yeah. double digits for most of it. I mean, this is a Tulsa team that is a couple bounces here and there from being near the top of the AAC. I, you know, they they can't close games out, which obviously is very uh, resembled in their record. But still, it's it's a game where ninety to sixty nine—that's the widest spread of margin that they've had in the entire season. What are these eyes, Chad?
2: I can't say. Oh gosh just say I, I got some info that will be breaking news tomorrow around 6:30 okay
0: breaking news tomorrow around 6:30 p.m.
2: about a half hour before tip off
0: half hour before tip off
2: which is usually when the pregame show starts and breaking news type things happen okay i expect it to be good news oh i can't elaborate But I expect it to be good news. That's all I can say. Do with that what you will. And then at 6.30 tomorrow, when there's breaking news and it's good news, you go. There it is. There it is. I
0: I don't think it's difficult, if you are an avid Bearcat fan, to put two and two together there. Hopefully, hopefully, the uh, Chad man himself has not relayed anything to us, so... Hey, guys, 630. No, that just, it
2: just happened right now on my I, phone.
0: Right, right, right. So we'll see what happens, guys. 630. Turn on 700 WLW. Hear it out of the goat's mouth first. Dan Horde, I believe he's on the call tomorrow, right?
2: Yes, he's back. Yes.
0: Okay. Dan Horde, we'll see. We'll see. But, yes, I. you know, going back to the game, 16 made threes. For the Cincinnati Bearcats.
2: Second time in conference play. They've made Six 16 threes.
0: Do you guys know? A little trivia question. Do you guys know the last time that the Bearcats made 16 threes?
3: Memphis.
2: Memphis game. No. I
0: Outside of this year.
2: Oh. oh. It was like, was it like 2007 or so? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long
0: time. It's been a long time. Yes. Uh, one of the leading scorers in the history of Bearcat basketball was on the team. He led the team in three pointers made, along with a guy that has a fantastic first name and hit a nice buzzer beater in a home game against Alabama once. So it was against Chicago State back in 2011.
2: Yeah. I was thinking seven or eight for some reason, but yeah, it's right. 2000. Yeah. There you go.
0: Cashmere Wright and Sean Kilpatrick. Leading the squad with four-piece. And then how about who came off the bench to sprinkle in another three? Jeremiah Davis. (laughs) J.D. three. J.D. three. Not quite the J.D. that's on the court sprinkling seven made threes in both of those 16-three games. But, you know, this this clearly is – are you thinking this is a – because Wes really pointed it out in the post-game press conference about how – he doesn't think this is just a hot streak that the team is riding right now. He instead thinks that this is hard work coming through and just proof of uh, of the type of team that he believes he has. Do you think that this is, obviously they aren't going to be shooting 44% from here on out for the rest of the season. But, I mean, you got to imagine these are confident shooters who are knocking down shots in rhythm. Uh, I, well, some of JD's threes are crazy, and obviously DDJ has the crazy step back. But do you think this is just kind of a, a sign for what is to continue the rest of the way? Or should everyone everyone expect a little bit of a pullback? Or, I mean, double-digit threes is not crazy to imagine. 16 a game probably, a little nope. bit too far-fetched. What's your outlook as far as it goes from deep? Because it seems like they really like to shoot those up.
2: Aaron, go ahead. My dogs are demanding the microphone right now.
1: <laughs> um, so the outlook ahead, I mean – Obviously this, this team has decided that they're going to live and die by the three, right? So <laughs> I don't, I don't buy that. You don't think so. I mean, I know that they're, they're running a much faster offense. So they're, they're kind of they're I mean, they're getting the ball out of their hands much faster into the shot clock than a traditional Cincinnati team. And um, doing so, you're also getting a lot more threes than we're accustomed to seeing. But I mean, I, I think when you're taking close to 30 threes a game, like, that's not um that's not like anything we've ever seen here at Cincinnati.
0: No, no, it's it's not. And you know, it in the same sense, you look at kind of the, the totals that they've had throughout. You know, it, they are firing up quite a lot of threes. Um, it's you know on pace for, I'd, I'd say how many three attempts a game? Roughly, I'd say around thirty, maybe. What's I don't know, probably about twenty. 20- 25, 20, yeah, yeah. 25 to, to 30, around there. By
2: but that's the end of the season. college basketball. Now.
0: Which is yeah, it's basketball in general now.
2: So that, that's no different than anywhere else. Like I don't think this is all of a sudden like Cincinnati is irresponsibly shooting threes, one no oh, way. Okay. Two, I mean I the guys that are shooting them are the guys that you want shooting them.
1: Right, Sure. And I mean, I I guess I wasn't trying to say like that this is going to be their Achilles heel or something like that. I'm just saying like, I mean, we've evolved from a program that with with what was the previous regime. I'm still not certain at all what that offense was. And then uh, it wasn't even half installed, Aaron. (laughs) It was was incomplete. And then the uh, the the rock fights we were used to with Mick Cronin and worried more about how many uh, deflections you had than actual baskets. Um, you know, the, 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 offense has evolved and we're in a different era, obviously. And it's just, it's very interesting. It's far more aesthetically pleasing than anything we've had over the course of the last 10 years.
0: Yeah. And well,
1: here's also the case in point is
0: that I, I do think the previous regime wanted to, you know, recruit and target shooters. And um, some of those players obviously are really starting to shine in the games today. And I, I think the thing is confidence goes a mile in college basketball. And when you know that even if you fire up an ill-advised three or one that's little quick in the shot clock, you don't have to turn around and look over your shoulder immediately. You have the ability to know that, Hey, as I, I have the faith of my coaching staff to know that I put in the work to have the ability to attempt these shots. So, I mean, I think that the confidence that these players are playing with, especially David and Julius, I mean, he, he's a completely changed man from, from last year to this season. And it's, it's just evident in the way that they play. And it's evident now that when, when the defense ties in and when, it, when everyone's kind of just flowing with each other, I mean, that's when three-point shots are made. And you know you even saw Mason Madsen, who admitted that he was a little bit cold throughout the beginning of the season. Some of that was injury. Some of that was you know maybe just getting into the flow of things. And then he comes out and he just splashes them with ease. And, you know, he said he doesn't really feel the need to make a couple in order to keep shooting. It's just more of a confidence thing and just going out there and making the shots that he knows he can make. So I think confidence is something that is invaluable in, in any sport. But in college basketball, if you have that and you're flowing together as a team, I think that it's going to be something that continues on, not at a 44% clip rate, but something that, you know, will just continue on. And they'll. it'll be a big focal point of the offense, especially – as it continue to amp up the defense?
2: Well, something big, and I think you know, Justin Williams has even written about this, and, and it's been talked about some uh, on Bearcat Journal. I think one of the big things we're seeing is something that I wondered when Wes Miller was hired. Would we get a genuine version of that vaunted North Carolina secondary press break? And we're getting that. And that is... So a lot of times what what teams will do is they'll try to push tempo. If they can't push tempo, they'll immediately get into their sets, okay? The secondary action from North Carolina is a direct continuation of the press so that the defense still is scrambling, and it's looking to get clean looks before the defense really gets back and set up. And it's something I've always wondered why is it not more prominent in college basketball with how incredibly successful it was for Roy Williams in North Carolina. And we are getting West Miller's version of the secondary press break and what is happening is we're getting a lot of rhythm clean three-point looks and a lot of looks earlier in the shot clock that we just talked about they're playing faster. Um, that are coming off of that secondary action. Because it's not – it's a a philosophy that when it becomes natural, when it becomes second nature, you automatically as a player with the ball in your hands know, okay, we're not getting that first action. Boom, 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 two or three passes, wide open shot to a guy you want taking a wide open shot and bang. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think is just the nature of like the evolution that we're seeing as this team is becoming more accustomed to Wes Miller. Um, so that's, uh, that's a big part of it, man, because it's, it's such a, it's such a weapon because it's not something a lot of teams run again. I have no clue. Like it's such a copycat sport, Right. Yeah. How is there not more copycat on North Carolina's secondary press break? Like, secondary transition, secondary fast break. I call it press break, but it's more secondary fast break. Um,
0: and it's it's NBA as well. It's
2: Yeah, I mean, the NBA does a lot of it, too. Um, the NBA gets quicker because they have to, though. The NBA has to get out of it quicker because of their shot clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get into isolation, you know. The, pretty much immediately after that, right? Uh, it, it's just something in the college game. Like it's it, they're not a, the kids aren't adjusted and, and used to seeing it, and you get them scrambling because they're used to run like run back down the floor, stop transition, and then everybody kind of identify, locate, and then lock into your man-to-man defense. Mm-hmm. The secondary break allows uncertainty. It allows. Right that forces them to keep scrambling and it's very effective. So good on, good on West Miller, good on the team. for continuing to get better at that because that's where we're seeing the tempo, the, the upped tempo come from.
1: Yeah. I agree. But well, one, one of the things that when you talk about confidence, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Cause I don't know that we've touched on it too much, but I feel like I continue to see people on Twitter, especially um, just kind of out here saying that they still think that West Miller runs too many substitutions, gets people out of the flow of the game. And he's just kind of doing the, the ice hockey clearing the bench stuff that we had talked about where he's just throwing in, you know, three, sometimes, you know, three guys at a time. And like, do you think there's anything to that? Like that he's throwing them off their rhythm or is this just simply when you have a team of guys that aren't really elevating once you get past DeJulius, once you get past Davenport, that this is what you have. Do me a favor,
2: throw up the stats from the last game. Yep. we're going we're going to talk about something as it relates to this. Let's take a look right here in this category. And it's even more prominent if you go back one more game to was that ECU? Was the game before? Which, Which State. Wichita State. Wichita State, it's even more prominent. Get Wichita State ready as well. 31 minutes, 20 minutes, 27 minutes. You're starting to see the main guys separate themselves. Yeah. You're still seeing a lot of substitution. But you're seeing the main guys on the floor for longer stretches as we get further and further into conference play. Boom. Boom. Julius, 32, Newman 31, Adams Woods 30, Davenport 32. And then the bigs and Saunders are rotating in behind with a little bit of Mason Madsen and Jared Hensley mixed in to get guys a breather in each half. So while that was something that was rightfully talked about early, I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on it now because we're seeing a shift to – if you're going to have to win close, tight conference games, you have to do it more with your best players regularly on the floor. Um, I think he's got, I think Wes has gotten more of a uh, NBA approach to substitution where it's very formulaic. It's not, the dogs are, the dogs are on one tonight. Um, it's not, it's not random where it's just, you made a bad play, you're out. It's at this Time on the clock. That's when we get player A a breather, and then at this time, this is when we get player B a breather. Is there some variation to that? Yes, but it seems to be rather formulaic in how Wes wants to do it, which is much more NBA than college. Just curious. I'm just answering.
0: Well, I, you know, another thing is this <laughs> that that didn't really get mentioned through it all is that. No, Vic has been out the past two games as as well. On top of this, so yeah, um, you know, I I don't know what his impact when he does return is going to be as far as the minutes go because it seems like everyone has really stepped their game up as a whole. Um, I mean, Hayden Cobal probably number one in that. In that, had a couple good games for sure. His his play up, so you know, I think it's just I think it's a luxury to have. That amount of players that can play off the bench. So, I would say worst case is minutes trimmed down a little bit in those close games. But I think you just continue with the rotations, and you know if and I, I think you saw in that Wichita State game, it was Hayden Koval who was who was a little hot in the end, and so he played a little bit of extra minutes that you know maybe Ab- Abdul Do or Do will be playing in a different game or odio guama if he's really stepping up his intensity or if vic is healthy what vic can do so you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see as you know vic gets back into the fold and and different players of the sort are kind of have their minutes taken away or you know if, if you have a player like mason Matson who makes two or three in a row i mean you probably aren't going to bench him for the rest of the half you know you're probably gonna let him go out there and and, and play a, little, a couple more extended minutes. So, yeah, I, it's a luxury to have that at your disposal rather than saying, oh, gosh, who are we going to put in to spell well, our star and, for two minutes?
2: And what happened at the beginning of the season? Those players were developed. Yeah. Those players were given confidence. Right. So that when they're called upon, if it, even if it may be in a lesser role, they are entering the game knowing that they belong. Yep. As opposed to questioning like you need them later in the season and you didn't get them ready, you know, and, and you have a situation where you're playing without Vic, you're playing without mm-hmm. John Newman and AJ McGinnis is limited still because he's coming back from being sick. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, if you didn't play a lot of guys early and get them ready, now you're playing catch up.
0: Right. Well, I agree. Well, and, one player I want to point out as well that I kind of I wasn't as high on as some people were is, is Micah Adams Woods and he's a player that I think has taken his game another level up as well. Um, I think in that Tulsa game you saw his his driving ability um, which is continued to get better something that I thought really wasn't something that he had in his arsenal, but he showed me some things in that in that Tulsa game. Then of course. He did have a couple of, of lapses from the free throw line early in the season. But then you look at conference play, and it's it's what he has made 14 of 15 from the stripe. So, you know, if, if he can continue that steady, steady shot from the free throw line down the rest of the way. I I mean this is a team that they're they're molding together. They're clicking and they're doing it defensively as well. In that first half against Tulsa, especially in the beginning of the game, they were flying around. They were playing high level of defense against a team that we keep saying these teams are so they're desperate, they're desperate for a win. I I mean, this is a a team in Cincinnati. That's not backing down from anyone. And I'm excited to see what they do tomorrow night as well. Cause this, this temple team is one that they've had 13 day layoff. You know, the the whole COVID thing has kind of hit, not hit them, it hit them personally for a little bit. And then of course their opponents as well, kind of just the perfect storm of that. So, um, I'm interested to see tomorrow who it is that's going to step up because inevitably it'll be someone that we might not expect or someone that you know gets continues this hot streak and, and shows that what they can do out on the court. So, um, but but at Temple and at ECU, can you tell me two more AAC back to back road trips that Bearcat fans just look at and they kind of dread, other than of course Houston? But man, I I'll look, tell you, this what. is
2: this is maybe the most. Th- I- I don't want to like get caught up in the hyperbole of things, but right, this is an insanely important stretch for this team because if they can get through these two games unscathed, right, will be on a five game winning streak going into Memphis and Houston at home. Yep. And you're in a situation where now you're starting to play yeah. for a spot in the NCAA tournament. Like, you are. They're still a ways back, you know, but they're not to a point where you can't see it. Right. right. If you win these two road games and you get into February at what? 16 and four or whatever it is. uh, Yes. You would be 16 and four, I think, because they're 14 and four yep. now.
0: 14 four, 14 five. Now they'd be 16 and, and five. five.
2: That's right, 16, 16 and, five. and five. And now all of a sudden, it's possible yeah. you lose one of these, you're gonna have to be almost perfect in February.
0: For what it's worth, well, Ken Palm has them winning both uh, 66 64 tomorrow against Temple, 72 67 against ECU. But I mean, anything can happen, yeah.
2: And these are these are an important two games. Like right. th- these two games, because of where things are at, these two games matter. So it, it's important that they they are able to go get both of these and you know go into that Memphis Houston stretch right with a lot of confidence mm-hmm. and uh, and a lot of momentum. I mean, temple's is weird. Kind movie. of what we talked right. about and, too.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just kind of what we talked about too, where it's having that marquee win against Illinois earlier in the season means so much now as you start approaching the bubble season, if you will, because not a whole lot of teams have that top 10 win when you're starting to look at comparable teams sitting on the bubble.
2: Yeah. That's why we made that point last week.
1: And you know what? I think, (laughs) I think that
0: the rescheduling of, of Houston, I don't know exactly how that works. If it's like completely out of both teams hands or if, both programs have a say and yes, let's try and reschedule this postponed game.
2: I, I believe it's the league.
0: Okay. Either way, when you put that at the end of the season, in kind of a weird time, because, I, I mean, they have that weekend off. I, I don't know why. I, I guess probably because Houston has a game that weekend, but but whatever. But having that Houston game on the road back on the schedule and then playing at SMU two days later, is Cincinnati? Can, yes, if, but but if Cincinnati can take care of business, those are two two giant resume building games.
2: They're not. Come on, Brent. They're not winning at Houston.
0: Oh, oh no, 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 no. I'm just saying they're they're opportunities,
2: if you will. Yeah. That's, if you if, want to talk about potentially beating all Houston, that's all you want. It, it's, it's it can be done here. It can be right. done here.
0: Right. Right. But no, I'm saying like if if the committee's like, oh, they need one more marquee win. A win at SMU would be big. That's a big yeah. win. Cause it'll probably be between those two as well for one of the last few teams in. So yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting rest of the way. But as Wes Miller said, and as every single coach always says, you gotta take one game at a time, one day at a time. And that means tomorrow, Temple, the how do you say it? The Licorice Center,
2: the Licorice, LaCor Licorious. Yeah.
0: Fran Dunphy will not be on the licorice side. <laughs> Fran Dunphy
2: there's, will not there's
0: be a on the li- side. There.
2: There's a licorice center in this league. There's a frittata yeah, center in this frittata, league if you like yeah. eggs.
0: Yep. yep. There's the round house of pancakes in, uh, out there in Wichita. Oh,
2: we got them started. We're never going to get out of here.
0: Liar <laughs> curse center. That is a. Uh, I always hate playing there, but, you know, whenever you've got a water bottle in the area or Fran dump your air. When there's a water bottle, water, there's a way. There's, there's, there's a chance for you. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a time that is awesome because this team does seem like they're clicking. It, it does seem like they're figuring out ways, not only when the shots are falling, when they aren't. Which tall, they weren't necessarily falling. 8-22 from deep, They they strapped in defensively. They were able to pull out that win, so – yeah, and, and it, that Wichita game, if, if the Shockers are able to string together some wins, they could move up to a quad one win. So, man, there's a lot of possibilities for the rest of the season. But right now, the Bearcats are definitely on the right side.
1: I thought it was worth mentioning that Cincinnati is only favored by two at Temple. Um, right. And they and by ESPN's FPI, uh, or BPI, I'm sorry, um, they're only giving them 51.7% chance to win. Mm-hmm. So it's very close there too. Well,
2: huh? ECU is always a nightmare because going to Greenville is a nightmare. Yeah, just is what it is. Like I, but I'm sure. Look, they want teams want to get in and out of Greenville as fast as possible. So a noon right. tip on Sunday, I'm like, okay, get up, let's get this thing over with, get on the plane, and get the hell out of here.
0: I mean, ECU, man, golly, I, Chad, will you ever go to Greenville? <laughs> nope. Not in the contract.
2: I negotiated that my, when I negotiated with myself. Uh, <laughs> there was a no Tulsa, no Greenville clause uh that I that I won out in arbitration.
0: I'll I tell you what I I did make the trip to Tulane for the football game this year. New Orleans is
2: a different I didn't I didn't say there was a no Tulane clause.
0: Ride that green wave, baby. Ride that green, green wave. That was a was a heck of a time, but um, yeah. I mean that at Temple at ECU when those is Who has who has any idea what Memphis is? Penny Hardaway is losing his mind. I I mean they they were down double digits against Tulsa, come back and win in in a AAC finish. If I've ever seen an AAC finish, that was the worst, 25, the worst twenty five.
2: The worst twenty five seconds of offense I've ever seen. It is what it it's is. Brutal. So, it
0: was brutal definitely brutal but they they go Memphis in those beautiful beautiful throwback jerseys guys what are your thoughts on those throwback unis? i
1: mean they're they're nice they they are they really reached back for those and they are they're certainly original um we we talked about it when they dropped that it was cool that they did that photo shoot at the uh the uh, armory. armory yep so I do
0: I, I second whoever else said it. I think I think Mo might have tweeted it where man they need to put those warm-ups on sale immediately.
1: Cause I want one. I they absolutely need to put want one. Then you put lots of stuff that they let the athletes wear on the sidelines on, on sale, but they don't. So including what, what Colin Hishler was wearing at a
0: recent basketball game. Man, I, I love that. I love that that warm up, that little that little windbreaker. You know what I'm talking about? The Yeah. The off-red one, Whew! Man,
1: that's beautiful. About throwbacks, though. What about the the drop this weekend?
0: Oh, fire!
1: Oh. Good yeah. shirt there, Aaron. Nice yeah. shirt.
0: Nice shirt, bud. Nice shirt. So what? What they finished top four in that? Uh, the the what was that? Top four in your first twelve hours of sales um, for Homefield.
2: 24 hours, yeah. 12 hours, yeah. First, 12 pretty
0: hours. pretty impressive, pretty impressive, and, and also hilarious that they had to edge out the Notre Dame fighting Irish to sneak into the top
1: four. Did you buy anything additional, Brent? I, I did, I did too. There it is, beautiful looking,
0: beautiful.
2: Oh, and I think for my money, this was the best one.
0: Ready. All the baseball one. So, was fit, what was fifty four? Is that Kofax?
2: No. Well, I think it was when they made the turn. The, the last time prior to a couple of years ago.
0: Okay.
2: When they made the tournament, and, and somebody, I, I think it might have been Apian, Alex Apian, said yeah. this particular Bearcat is me. That's me as a Bearcat. <laughs> and I, I thought I looked at it. I thought, you know what? Not wrong. Yeah, mean, a, Do you think that kind of that embodies me as a Bearcat?
0: That's that's Michigan State fans and Xavier fans and my mentions, <laughs> and here we are.
2: <laughs> this one is sweet. Like I love this one. I got a I got a couple extras too. I got the girls wanted tank tops. Yeah. So I got the girls' tank tops. And
1: I got the I got the crew neck and the hoodie. The 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 collection is still
2: live. Throw up that scroll, Aaron. There's still a sponsor this week. Home field apparel. Mm-hmm. Check them out. There's and I'm a, a
0: massive sucker for uh the the, the old school C I got massive that t shirt also.
2: What did you are you a dunking Bearcat guy? Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh.
0: Bring it back in the center court, man. Oh man.
2: So they're still they're still going strong. Uh get to homefieldapparel.com. Enter Bearcat Journal. Get your 15% off. I know that we had a lot of people save a lot of money. Yep. So wait,
0: so what is it? The, they said that there's another team drop in this weekend or something like that. Well,
2: they drop one every Saturday for eight weeks. Okay. Okay. So that's, it, it's called big new Saturday. That's kind of their thing. Okay. Um, and they drop a new team every week for eight weeks. This is season three of their big new, uh, apparel lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're, they're, they're hinting pretty hard. Uh, if you were in the, we did a Twitter Spaces. Can you not find it, Aaron? Do you need help? I got it. No, you don't.
0: I just, hey, Aaron, with the save.
2: That wasn't what just I was. Got talking a lot of about. things up right now. I but was talking about this. The scroll. I said, get the scroll up.
1: I, get the scroll, I scrolled man, to show you.
2: Well, I'm talking about save 15% using the code Bearcat Journal at HomeFieldApparel.com.
1: Home I didn't mean
2: you had to take the, the collection down. The collection was sweet. Well, I
1: was that's Anyhow. what I was doing was trying to find the whole collection, man.
2: I was just wanting to get the scroll here while we were talking about HomeField. That's all. And then we, Aaron and I have talked about it, uh, Brent. We haven't yeah. gotten your thoughts yet. Okay. As we as we move on from home field, about what else came out on Friday, which was the release of the '70s throwbacks, The Cats.
0: We we were we were just talking about it, and then and then we led into this. But man,
2: yes, uh, that is,
0: ooh, that is beautiful. That is so beautiful. And and you know what the thing is? It's not like uh like I have seen it before in pictures, you know but it's not one that's like pumped in, in your face as much as the other throwbacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not like, you know, the Jordan blocks or, you know, the, the, the old school see Paul, like crypt keeper says, Oh man, scary picture. But you know, it's, it is one that is like, it's awesome. And now it's iconic in my eyes. And the fact that they're able to mold it with kind of like, it's got a little bit of a modern feel to it with, with everything throwback.
2: It's yeah, it's retro like chic, I guess is right. that what they call it
0: down yeah. call it now. Yeah. That's pretty good. Little little LA coming out of you there. But no, I I love it. I think it looks spectacular and you never lose in throwbacks. You ain't going to lose in those throwbacks, baby. So, uh so
2: come they're rocking for them. Game. They're rocking them for the Memphis game and they're rocking them for Senior Day.
0: Yep, USF. You know, yeah. here's here's the thing. You don't want to rock them in a game that's going to be like, I met this game is going to be crazy. Yes. Yes. But man, that Houston game within itself, that Sunday, if they can stream together wins, you don't want anything other than just here it is on a platter Cincinnati versus Houston at the third arena. So I'm excited for those. I can't wait to see because, and and man, they look so, so good on the players too.
2: Um, And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome to see those. It's unfortunate that they're not going to have the jerseys available uh, but if you read the story, they kind of they pushed thing these things through in basically record time because they yeah. wanted to wear them this year. Uh, and that meant not getting uh, the uniforms, the, the mm. replica uniforms for sale. But the gear with just the cats on it is still
0: sweet. Yeah, it is. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Speaking of uh, throwbacks. With, with the throwbacks, you got to have the new school. Um, You guys are and, – and, yes, I read someone in the comments that the ECU game scares the poop out of you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It always does. Every year it does. And you know what? It always seems to happen on the Sunday before a big game. I think, what, the two it's either Tulane or ECU always just gives up Bearcats right before a big NFL game, whether it be the Super Bowl, now this weekend, the Bengals. Yeah. I, I do not like playing at ECU. It's it's not fun at all. He called like the that shit poop. <laughs> <laughs> it stinks. It's stanky. <laughs> it is so stanky. But out with the old and, and in with the new, uh, Mick Walker, which who's killing it. Are, are you guys done with kind of just the basketball talk of things, ready to move on to – I was going to say I need to
2: know if I need period? to put a timestamp here. Ta- time stamp it 10 minutes to 47 minutes basketball. If you'd like to sponsor the timestamps, we've had a couple inquiries, no takers quite yet, but we, we, we talk these out now. Every time there's a timestamp, if you'd like to be talked about every mm-hmm. time we timestamp, my DMs are open. We can, we can get your business promoted. Like we do Danco, like we do galactic fried chicken, like we did with Homefield to get them one of the top four, sales days in the history of the company like we do with our friends at 513 shirts if you want to be part of that like we do with the holy grail our longest standing sponsor (laughs) if you want to be a part of that come join us you can sponsor the timestamps too okay now we can go
0: rayvon griffith
2: uh awesome article okay Mick Walker Mick, dropped it. Look, you guys need to give Mick more love because he's he's spending all of... <laughs> Brian. That he's spending all of the money I pay him driving across the state to, to watch football workouts and basketball games. He's a lunatic. He's killing it. Aaron, why didn't you have that level of dedication When you
1: were the recruiting guy, um, because I like working for you, I wasn't trying to to use you as a stepping stone. <laughs> uh,
2: oh boy! Oh. But there's uh, there's the newest article on Rayvon Griffith. Uh, you can find that on my Twitter if you would. Uh, if you're a member, if you're not a member, you're going to have to subscribe to Bearcat Journal, and then you know, then you can read it. We don't well, want to hey, give away too much.
0: No, no, no. More than just honestly more of a tease to the story that a couple of, of, uh, you know, quotes in there that you 100% read and you got to like the situation that the red and black are in right now. Um, Just kind of seems like a, a recruitment that is highlighted and, you know, prioritized by the staff has been since they got here. So uh, just an awesome article kind of really exemplifying that and and you know the the top 10 is what it is, but when it dwindles down if you make that next cut and the cut after that you know, as long as you're sticking around after each little round of, of, of cuts' you're, you're gonna be right there to the end and I don't know man it seems like uh, the way that he's talking, the way that the staff has been at a lot of the games seems like this could be one to track all the way until the very end. I agree. Aside from that, Josh Reed is really good at basketball. <laughs> he is really good, right? Uh, you know, everyone's been talking a lot about. You know, think they, they can't wait till Daniel Skilling's gets on campus. This, that, and the other. Reed's putting himself out there as well. He's having a great season for a high-level team. You know, I I just can't wait to see what what all these new additions can do on a roster that's going to be pretty much intact from last for, from this season going into next year. Man, the future is, is very bright. I saw your boy Swain had, a, had an article out about him as well on BCJ Chat.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big Dalen Swain fan just because I think with his size and versatility, he can just help you in so many different ways. But this 2023 class is going to be interesting because they are swinging big. As, so, has, has
0: Swain kind of shot up a little bit? It looks like he's gotten taller.
2: I mean, he was always tall and long. It looks like he's added another inch or two. I mean, I, I, just from people talking to people, um, the word is he's he's a little bit bigger than he was back in the spring and summer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying 6'7", six, 6'8", six, is where he's at right now. He plays point guard for his high school team. He projects as a wing in college. Um, but if you've got a six, seven, six, eight kid with point guard type of ability to handle the ball and pass and he rebounds and he defends like that's, especially when you're adding the type of skill you have with skillings and read adding another jumbo wing. That's kind of got some dog to him that does some of the dirty work stuff. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. I, I, I know they got their eyes on a lot of dudes, and, and this spring and summer is going to be really interesting out on the, the road, um, figuring out what they're going to do in 2023. Uh, but they're not swinging small. They're not looking to put together a solid class. They're looking to put together a great class. So those two guys are in the mix. How many wings can you take in that class if you've already taken Skilling's and Reed? Even though Reed is kind of a, you can play him as a three, you can play him as a, a, you know, stretch four. Right. Um, How the construction? Because you're going to take a point guard in that class. You're going to take a wing in that class. You're probably going to also take a big. Uh, Do you take multiple wings again? Like it's going to be interesting. Uh, as one of those storylines when we get into to April and May,
0: and also the fact that they've got some high level guards they're also after. Um, I mean, it's just it's going to be exciting to track recruiting because it does seem like it's something that's really on the uh, on the uptick, if you will. Um, after you know so many question marks, and, and of course also just the amount of transfers as well that can affect teams. I'm sure you know one or two but one probably will be added no talks of that obviously as there's not much to talk about there, but you know, just just the ability for the team to locate talent as they've been able to do this season, putting together a team like this on the fly, that is scratching at the surface of an NCAA birth, or at least being in the conversation, man, I just can't wait to see what they can do with a year or two years or three years under their belt as they continue to build the program. So man, uh, a lot of promise, uh, a lot of optimism for, uh, for a young optimist of myself and Aaron and Chad, you guys are hopping on the train as well. I can't can't wait to, to, to ride it all the way to, to the promise land with you. But Hey, Chad, um, uh,
1: one of the questions in the chat here from uh, Jason Cooper is serious question. How much does Mick from a Bearcat site in your mind help raise UC's level in recruits' eyes? Walker? Yes.
2: I, I don't think the recruits really think much about it. I think it's for the members like that's that's why you hire the best people to go out and get the best content I I I think like the like some of the traveling around helps in uh building relationships with the high school coaches so that we can provide the best possible coverage uh but we're talking 17 year olds they're not like they're not picking a school because the school has the best their favorite recruiting guy.
0: Yeah. So what you're going to talk to Mick Walker, and then you get a phone call from Ryan Day. Are you going to be like, "Wow, that meeting with Mick in the beginning of the day was awesome,
2: <laughs> right?" <laughs> no, I remember I, when Mick stopped at my school for my workout the summer. That really stuck with me.
0: But no, I I mean it is awesome to get them exposure, though. You know, and, yeah, and sure. Continue to it helps. To, yeah. Right. But I mean, in the end, it's it's recruiting, and there's there's so much more t- to than just covering it but man it, i'm just it saying like awesome this is the biggest
2: th- th- this is the biggest decision of a kid's life on the pros and cons list is not like uh the, the breaking down the recruiting guys and your relationship from each school
0: yeah so but i i mean man mick mick does a hell of a job he's crushing hats it. off to him yeah hats off to him man he's he, he's he's the man uh you know speaking of of killing it uh i guess as he morph into football
2: um excuse me here Timestamp, and are we back. doing football recruiting? Do we want to timestamp all that together? Recruiting, timestamp? Yes, yes, I like okay. that. Yeah. Okay, don't yeah. timestamp it yet, Aaron. No timestamp brought to you by dot, dot, dot.
0: As we morph into to football, uh, let's talk about you know the two commitments that, that have been taken by the uh, program since we last talked, um, of course. Uh, I want to start with Jackson McGowan. Uh, man, you look at a guy that, has really kind of just raised his level of recruitment with kind of a breakout season last year um, he had he has some unreal highlight catches throughout the season obviously a, a teammate of AJ Sally uh, Aaron and I a couple of times down on the field before games you know Sally would walk up to us and be like yo Jackson's got to become a bearcat yo we gotta we got to make sure he becomes a bearcat you know so I, it, it's awesome to see that to fruition and then of course you see he's starting to get offers and, and bigger looks and things of that sort so the staff just locating a local talent that they believe in and and you know kind of just doing their due due diligence and now there is a bearcat and man he
2: looks like a real game changer you can never have too many kids with good size and great hands in your offense no like that's even if, you know, even if, like, the, the minimum expectation is he becomes one of those weapons on third down that you know can go get you seven yards.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, that's that's invaluable. Like, you need guys like that playing the skill positions. Um, he, he doesn't have the, the breathtaking speed. Um, he's going to have to continue to develop running routes and getting in and out of his cuts and, and doing – the finer points of playing tight end. But the reality is this is a kid with, you know, he's six, four, six, five, whatever. I, I don't know the exact measurements. I'm sure we'll get that in the summer at camp. Um, but he's a big kid that can make tough catches and that that's, that's how you recruit offense.
1: Yeah. It's had some highlight reel catches too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
2: just that's what happens when you have great hands that you can go out and make plays on the ball. And that's, that's why I'm saying like, you can never add too many of those kids to your system that can just go out, high point the ball and make a play.
0: I, that Odell Beckham snag that, you know, I, I retweeted it. Um, man, unreal. months ago. And of course a basketball player. It looks like he has, he can fill it up on the court as well. Luke has talked in the past about how he loves multi-sport athletes, especially if it's wrestling. But, you okay. know, this is kind of one that, that of course, you know, kind of piques your interest because it just shows that high level of, of athleticism that he has, whether he's going to bring it to you, uh, in any facet at the next level. So, a, a really big pickup and, and one that I think is going to continue to grow and, and, and becoming an even larger pickup as his, his season wears on, especially next year. So, um, Monstrous. And then, well, speaking of monstrous, uh, man, an, another big one. Dartanian Tinsley. New, news broke, what, just right before the uh, Tulsa game last Thursday?
2: Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to work better on kids announcing while I'm busy. Like, <laughs> come on. Well, how, I, I, got, how, I got work to do.
0: How about the godfather, Dante Corleone? He, he, he committed a halftime of a game.
2: Kids are killing me. They're killing me. <laughs> I just typed up <laughs> the story
0: during the first half of the game. I forget which game it was, but that was that was kind of hilarious. But the Godfather can do what he wants, right, Aaron? Agreed. Agreed. Um, D'Artagnan Tinsley. Uh, his measurables just jump off the page. Um, I, I guess this was the question that I had. I I don't know. Does he ever have a history of any? Center play. I know it says interior offensive lineman. Chad, do you know at all if he has played center in the past or if, if he was kind of just strictly kind of like a guard or could possibly play tackle? Looks like a definitely just a a big human with, with a possibility to develop into a position of need.
2: I think at the lower levels he's played tackle. Um, my understanding, he measured just a little bit under – uh six foot four so right in that six three and a half almost mm-hmm. six four range super long arms big hands um you know the the type of measurements you want in a kid that has some positional versatility um i think he he very i think he might get a look at tackle but my guess is they see him as kind of a an interior guy that's just gonna bully people at the point of attack. Um, but we haven't, we haven't heard from Mike Cummings yet. We don't know kind of what his philosophy is uh, as an offensive line coach. We don't know what his system looks like yet. So uh, add another piece that's going to be fascinating to watch in spring football.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, cause you know, obviously we we talk about all these late additions on the offensive line that have come into the program, and it seems like every single one has kind of hit, um, have, has had success. Uh, I mean, even Tunstall who, this past season. I think he's going to continue to to really look good. But I mean, man, this is a that's a big human being, and as you mentioned, one who who the staff, especially the um, just recently hired, coming has been big on on him as well. So you know, bring him in. Develop, see what happens. Uh, he definitely fits yeah. the bill, looks wise. Um, and one last one, obviously the see like the offers have been flowing galore. Uh, Kane Green, though that that's one that kind of jumps off the page. Looks like he visited campus. Uh, man, he is a large human as well. Uh, one that is a prototypical NFL look caliber looks wise and, and and play wise potential wise um as he is top 100 in the country in the composite for 247 sports uh was this something that has been in the works for a while chad as far as you can gather looks like an offer was extended at the end of november of last year so uh,
2: yeah i mean they've been talking to him for a while the visit i think kind of was uh rapid developing um He's also visiting in the next two weekends, I believe, Alabama and Georgia. So the competition is going to be fierce.
0: So the top three teams in the country based off the past two years. Yeah.
2: yeah the three teams in the country are the ones that are uh, going to be battling it out for this one. <laughs> so weird to say that, and, but not false. No, <laughs> not
0: entirely false.
2: No. Not entirely false. Um, so, yeah, like – I it's, it's a big opportunity to just put your name out there that this is where we're at now. Like we're taking some big swings and not only are you taking those big swings, but kids are listening. Like everybody can take big swings, right? But if nobody listens, what does it, what does it really matter? Right. And now those kids are starting to like answer the phone and get on a plane. Because that's my understanding is his family flew to Cincinnati on their own dime. For this unofficial visit, so you know that's a it's a continued elevation of the status of the program. Six five three ten, and I'm told when he got to campus, everybody was like, "Oh, that's what that's what it looks like." The guys that are going to Alabama and Georgia, that's what they look like when they're juniors in high school, and that's frightening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Last but not least, uh, Malik Hartford. Uh, the offers have been pouring in.
2: Uh, safe to say he has what they call in the business blown up. Yes. Yes. I think that's safe to say. Uh, obviously,
0: the lead, Perry Eliano at Ohio State. Uh, Perry was not the lead here at Cincinnati, I, I don't believe. So, um, it was Hitchler. It was Hitch. So, you know, it. Another one where, of course, you saw that picture at the Lakota West versus East basketball game. Hartford sitting there. Looks like Luke's whole family was in attendance. He was in in the vicinity near Tress and and everyone as well. Uh, Hish was also there, so um, he was decked out in some Cincinnati gear. Uh, Not saying it means anything at this point, but the Bearcats seem to be in the thick of things, and it seems as if it was something that, uh, you know, if you if you want to fight with the big fish, Malik Hartford is going to be one that you got to fight for. So, um, a lot of
2: a lot of familiar names involved in with Malik Hartford the last three days, yep. as he got offers from Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, and Mike Mickens, yep. Ohio State, Perry Eliano, and Michigan. Uh, a little bit farther back, but Steve Clinkscales, who was the defensive backs coach here under Tommy Tuberville.
0: <laughs> so, pretty much take your pick.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but either way, I mean, it seems like they've put their their big-time stick into it. I, obviously, it's going to be one that, that seems that it's going to take a little while now, but I mean, one where Bearcats are right there. They're in the thick of things they brought them in for, you know, the uh, Hometown Hero Day. It's going to be an exciting time to see what kind of recruits are are able to kind of peek through because – a lot of four stars, a lot of high three stars. The Everything is changing. and lot of them five stars getting offered as well. Things are changing here in Cincinnati, and, and it's all heading in the right direction.
2: And before we get done with football recruiting, just a reminder, there is a, uh, a junior day for the non-locals. We had, not this past weekend, but the weekend prior was the Hometown Hero event for the 12 locals that they kind of have at the top of their board for 2023 uh this coming weekend is a larger scale junior day with a lot of out of town be it throughout the state of ohio throughout the region nationally um so mick will be as you would expect uh (laughs) all over that and letting us know uh, what the word is from uh, the latest junior day for the Cincinnati Bearcats.
0: Aaron, anything else on recruiting before we, we slowly segue our way into football talk and then hop into that 513 shirts.com mailbag?
2: Let's just let's go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say that this is would be another spot where if you were sponsoring the timestamps, this would be another spot where you could have your business read here. So we're gonna mark that at 108. 108 on this new timestamp. We're this is so much fun, guys. I'm glad you're enjoying this,
2: Aaron. Yeah, you you are you were the one that had the most resistance on this timestamp thing. Oh
1: no, wow. I was all in all the time, all the way.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you're buying it. I'm glad you're being a team player. I appreciate your ability to adapt and adjust.
0: Two feet in, ten toes down. Yeah. Aaron Smith is fired up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chad, what were you what were you about to say before we we rolled on?
2: Let's move through this football part quick because we're already yeah. we're already pretty deep.
0: Right, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting to see the staff was made. You know, the staff moves were made official today. So you did see Walt Stewart out on the on the trail. Posted a picture. Um, looks like at Taft High School. Uh, Hitch also in a picture. Looks like he was at Winton Woods. Um, Yet again, we've talked about the staff enough, so a lot of excitement there with the new moves. Excited to see how they are able to morph in and put things together, obviously, as recruiting is in the forefront forefront leading into spring football. So a lot more talk on that front. But aside from that, Chad, you dropped your two-deep offense. Not much surprise there. Uh, yeah, I think a, the,
2: the offensive two-deep is pretty chalk, right? Yeah, like. yeah. And that's indicative indicative of the fact that we think the offense has a chance to be really good. And yeah. there's a lot coming back, a lot of weapons coming back. You're going to have a spirited quarterback battle um, that you're going to have two guys pushing each other every day mm-hmm. to elevate uh, their level of, of success, their level of opportunity. Right. You've got great depth and talent at wide receiver, tight end, running back. The offensive line is a veteran group with new eyes coming into the room, uh, which I think is oftentimes a good thing as long as you hire the right guy, which I think with Mike Cummings, there's a very good chance that's true. Um, I'm excited about the offense. I I don't know that there's a ton to discuss because I think it was – I think that two deep is what we expected. I've been doing my research on what to do for the defensive two deep right i don't know that i'm actually going to release a two deep i think i'm just going to have to do position by position like these are the names that i expect to be competing for competition um because there's there's so many guys that are going to have a chance to to have a big spring to have a big summer and all of a sudden go into camp and be in position to make a play, like I, I'll tell you, this is how like wild things are, right? Right. We know we're pretty confident Deshaun Pace and Ty Van Fossen are going to be like mainstays at the the dollar position. Used to be the right. sniper position. In talking to people, I've gotten glowing reports on Leroy Bowers. Yeah, And the fact that he's potentially going to be a guy that's going to try to find his way, whether it's at dollar, whether it's at will, whether like he's going to be a guy that's forcing his way up the depth chart, uh, Brian threats, Byron threats that we talked to Brady about like it has been an animal in the weight room. And you know, you, you've got Jacob Dingo, you've got Will Adams, you've got Javon Hicks, who's going to be the, like the veteran, the leader of that group. Um, but does threats make that, you know, the decision infinitely harder? Where, where does Jaheen Thomas go? Is he a Mike linebacker? Is he a Will linebacker? Who are the backups on the defensive line? What do they do with Arquan Bush? Does he stay in the nickel? Does he go to field? Who becomes the guy at the boundary? Like, just defensively, man, offense was, like, like two or three conversations, right. and everybody that I talked to was pretty much in agreement on offense. This is what our day one spring too deep looks like. Right. Everybody on defense was like, "Look, here's what I think." But if I told you today, this is what it looks like. The first two reps with first team and second team reps of spring you're probably going to have multiple answers wrong right. because we're not sure yet because we have to sort through this and figure out what the scheme is going to look like. I, I still think they're three, three, five as is their primary base. I do think with the line depth, you could potentially see more four two five. You could see them do something a little different in terms of how they play the nickel. Um, everything's on the table basically from what I've heard so if everything's on the table that means projecting who goes where is playing a game of chess blind it's playing a game of chess blindfolded
0: yeah Bobby Fisher could do it uh Aaron so that raises the question offensively I think you would obviously just say the only question is who's gonna push ahead and and seize the starting quarterback role but what's going to be your favorite kind of defensive storyline as far as it goes too deep depth chart, especially something that you're going to really keep a keen eye on in the spring practice?
1: I mean, I think it's going to be the secondary uh, because that's where the biggest question marks are once you get past you know, the guys that are coming back. Um, so that that's going to be where, where you see maybe the most action, where you see maybe the most trying something out and seeing who starts to just rise up above the competition. And I don't know that I could be more excited about seeing, you know, especially some of the young kids coming in that have been, you know, some of the higher recruits of Cincinnati's history. Like I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I can't wait to see JQ Hardaway on the field. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be a dude. So we'll, we'll see. Um, But like I said, I mean, there's more question marks at, at secondary I think than Definitely at defensive line and um, even even linebacker. So, Yeah. Well, So Leroy
0: Bowers, you mentioned him, Chad. You can kind of tell by the end of the year when the upperclassmen are starting to mention him a little bit more. I saw him kind of being talked about in like a, a Wired Wednesday here or there. It just seems like when he's yeah. out in the forefront, you see he found his way onto special teams. He's making an impact on kickoff. That's when you see those players take that next step of growth So, yeah, he's definitely a name that I have been keen on as well. But as far as it goes with these new coaches being implemented, last year was kind of you knew the two deep on the defense. You knew who the studs were. You knew who were going to be the leaders of the defense. Do these new coaches come in and it's somewhat of a blank slate, if you will, or is it kind of you know Hitch and Tress as the co-defensive coordinators kind of are telling – you know Walt and 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 Kerry Combs and and everyone else that is being implemented into the system. Hey, these are the guys that we kind of
2: know that are going to be there. No, but, look I out don't, for these that, guys with the growth. I don't think at corner you know, right? I, 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 you're going to have Kerry come in and just say, "Hey, give us a look and see what you think." Like she got, yeah, right. Like Jaquan Shepard has really only ever played boundary. Because he's just that long, yeah. rangy. But is he is he your guy? Is he your lockdown guy? Like mm-hmm. is is it is it Sammy, who might be mm-hmm. the most talented of the bunch?
0: Yeah, he is makes it, good plays. Yeah,
2: is it Bumpus who might be the most consistent? Like the the the, the Sammy Anderson Todd Bumpus dynamic is always fascinating to me, because I, I think Sammy has the higher ceiling. Yeah. Right. This has the lower floor or the higher, you know, the floor is is already pretty high for Todd Bumpus because technically he does everything the way you want him to do. Right. One of those guys get a look at the boundary or, or get a chance to win the boundary. Is Justin Harris back hundred percent healthy? Where does he fit? You have Taj Ward, who's kind of been a Swiss army knight, can play safety, can play right. Nick. Um, and, and Arquan Bush is again, does he stay at nickel? Does he go to field? So there and JQ, where does he fit when he comes in? There's there's a lot of intrigue at corner that carries gonna have to sort through when he officially gets here, which I'm guessing just because of contract stuff, from what I've heard, it's that we won't hear about that one until February first. Um just from some rumblings that that I've thought. Um Walt, an outside linebacker. It, you, like I said, you're loaded at sniper. Yeah, and on the at the will the other the other, I mean, they consider that more of an inside backer in their scheme. If he helps out there as well, you got Jaheem. it's Jack Dingle, Huber is a guy that can play either spot. Jones. Where does Ivan Pace fit? Where does David Jones fit? Like. There's just a lot of moving parts yeah. that until these guys get out there and compete and start to separate, which is what you hope happens, right? Yeah. If right. They what? Start to separate. That's either a great problem or you got issues.
0: Either that's what I'm excited.
2: Hitting their game or you're not as good as you think you're going to be.
0: Right. Well, that's, that's why I asked that because what if Westside Jesus comes in and one of these corners see it as a chance for him to showcase what he's got. Yeah. And all of a sudden carries like, wow, this guy was underneath your nose the entire time. And, you know, wow. He's, he's has the potential to be big time. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the, a lot of questions left unanswered, but
2: well, and you also have the question of how many of these guys did carry really get to know recruiting? Right. where now he's coming in with the previous relationship you know yeah, from maybe what, recruiting this kid before Dustin
0: Harris was like he saw him as a blue chip guy
2: and I don't worry or they you know they they monitored Sammy throughout his process and right. and right he has a belief that like that that stuff all plays into it that stuff is all going to continue to be fascinating when we get into spring like I'm not missing a second of spring football and mm. I'm I'm not spending a ton of time watching quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> no, that stuff's going to
2: play out. Like it's going to play right. out as a, as a nature of just watching spring practice, we're going to watch the quarterback thing play right. out. I'm not wasting your time doing nothing but quarterbacks because there are so many other more interesting or involved layered decisions that have to be made in so many other spots yeah Aaron I'll let you, you can I know you live in Athens now but if you can make it down a couple times a week I'll let you watch the quarterbacks
1: <laughs> thanks th- th- thanks for that
2: got you I got you bro everybody wants to hear about the quarterbacks if you're the quarterback competition whisperer that that increases your brand
1: well we'll see how this week plays out <laughs> i got some things be. going on so
2: <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll see
0: how this week plays out it will All be right. awesome though to see in the spring game and then of course i think camp higher ground will be where you'll really start to see the quarterback battle because i does someone separate at that point or is it going to be you know really this is a two-man race heading into it you know i, I i'll be interested to see kind of when that spring game rolls around you'll, you'll be able to get somewhat of a pulse especially with the with insider knowledge that that you have chad who might really kind of be separating themselves or kind of putting them jockeying themselves for that top spot so we'll see we will see
1: all right so 121 again if you were sponsoring the time stamps this would be where we would talk about your business so 121 is that that football time stamp god i love time stamps I'm going to, like, when we
2: get a sponsor for this, you are also going to have to do the sponsor read.
1: I assume this is
2: part of your job. Sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you more money if you do the reads. How's that?
1: I I mean, that's how sponsors go. Yeah.
2: No, that's not how owners have to go, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's owners all over the country that make a lot of money and don't give any of it to their employees. Right. I could be that guy, but you guys both know I'm not that guy. You're just so. not that guy. Hey, hey, you're not that guy.
0: Well, are I'm we like, – like, You're just I'm not like, that guy.
2: <laughs> I'm not like John Stockton because he's not allowed to go to games. Uh.
1: <laughs> you're just not that guy. Believe me, you're not that guy. Are we uh, Are we on to the let's, mailbag let's then? Mail, let 513 shirts mailbag it. All right.
0: Tell us a little bit more about 513 Shirts.
1: Well, all orders over $45. You get free shipping. Enter code BCJ for 10% off. 15% off on the Malik Van collection. And uh,
2: 20% off the Bengals collection
1: right now because the Bengals are on a roll. So there you have it, folks. Uh, So the 513 Shirts mailbag. First question in the mailbag. We're going to start with football as we always do. Mm -hmm. Um comes from everyone's favorite uc mark i think this would be interesting for you all to predict the 2022 regular season record i'll update and ask after spring ball and then right before the season uh there's more as i'm pulling it up um We'll see who, have, who will have the bragging rights between the three and Dave if he cares to join. This is just like how the questions at Buffalo Wild Wings would be. Five of you are right on this go round, Four, if you're correct, after spring ball. Three, if you're correct, after higher ground. Two, if you get it correct before conference starts. And one, if you get it correct after the first eight games. Can do it similar for basketball starting next year.
2: I don't work for you, Merck. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how much homework? Like, I, I, I well, joke. I can't. I'm saying –
1: I think he's going to keep score.
2: Oh, of course, that's my problem. Do you know how much homework this this entails to be able to like accurately do something like this? Like when we get to the point that we're doing our preseason preview, there's hours of like reading other teams' depth charts and listening to their podcasts and like figuring out where their people think they're going to be at like to get it right. If I guess a number right now, it is a wild guess.
0: But but I, I mean how how like far off? Like how much are you gonna he, he's asking for six different predictions. <laughs> like, I mean Yeah, much,
2: that's why I, it's a job. He
3: of,
0: wants I'm a, just he saying, wants like how like, like are you gonna go from like are you? oh they're gonna be seven and five, and then no, they're gonna be eight and four.
2: Maybe you know, if I did I mean, the job I, properly.
0: I don't think it's going to flow that much. I think I'm I, the optimist in me doesn't have much further to go up. Well, that's because you're not going to do the research. You're just going
2: to go high.
0: I already did the research. They have a very easy, not easy, a, a very doable non-conference schedule. And then that morphs into an AAC play. Where
2: how, how doable? Missionary, doggy style, oh, reverse cowgirl.
1: Didn't even see that coming with this question.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if I have to pick the out of
0: conference, I, maybe something with a little bit of challenge that if, if it all succeeds all the way through, then it was the, the best ride of your life. I, I don't know. So, um,
1: how did we get here? I'll let
2: Aaron dive
0: because into I always take things off.
2: The, like I, but I, I take things off the rails. It's what I do.
0: I mean, what? So, so you look at the out of conference. It's at Arkansas.
2: Tough. They've they've been. I, I think I saw today they were ranked number four in transfer portal editions. They have been very aggressively active. I think the biggest thing for Arkansas is they kept Kendall Bryles, uh They managed to keep him from going to Miami. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's that's obviously you know hot commodity in the coaching scene whenever it happens it's you know if you're able to hold on to them, that's a big one and then it's Kennesaw State if either of you could tell me their mascot, I'll send you a cookie uh and then it's versus the Red Hawks at Paul Brown Stadium and then it's against i u at home I mean
1: looks like it's the owls
0: oh, wow good good Google search by you. Uh, But you know what? if you cheat and you somehow figure out your way through you know college or high school and you got good grades, then hey, you made it. so you cheated and you got it right. So I'll send you a cookie. But I mean, the out of conference is not obscene. it's it's not something that you know you look at and you're like, oh gosh, two tough, you know road games. Let's hope a young team can can maneuver their way through getting to three and one. This is like they are gonna be three and one. And if they can come out of the gates with some sort of magic, then they can easily find their way to 4-0. Cause it seems like the Red Hawks are losing players left
2: and right to the transfer portal. Um, Cam Huntler just left. They lost Ivan Pace. Like they're in trouble talent-wise. You straight. also
1: know that they're, even if they weren't, they're not going to play their starters. So whatever. Right. And then, well, all the guys yeah, that were
2: going to rest just transferred, so they
0: should be all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. They should be at full strength. I agree. Um, I mean the Indian Hoosiers, they kind of they are who we thought they were uh, by the end of the season so um, I don't know we'll see Just seems like it's something that after that first game you can kind of maneuver your way through I don't know exact number on the final record but we,
2: I think what we know from the, from what we've heard the conference is going to take all of the schedule from this year and just flip it which means you're going to have some tough road games in the American. Um, but, UCF. UCF, what, SMU?
0: Yeah, road trip to UCF, road trip to SMU. Tulsa. Road trip to Tulsa. Um, and then it would be UCF road trip to Temple. Home.
1: Tulane at home.
0: The Navy, Tulane, USF, and ECU at home.
1: So there's four wins at home.
3: Yeah,
2: You figure you win the three out-of-conference games at home. There's six, seven. And then you have four road games right now, right now, before a snap of spring ball, before having any idea what the defense of two deep even remotely looks like. For you, Mark, because I love you, I'll go nine and three.
0: Good starting point for all of us. I'm okay with nine and three. I'll
1: take 10 and two.
0: Oh, the <laughs> optimist.
1: You played right into his hands. You dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. Cause we took an awful long time on that one. Uh, between recruiting and spring practice, what are the chances that you can get Luke on a pod? We usually do a uh, sit down with
2: Luke right before spring football. I don't see any reason why that would change to have him on a pod. Probably pretty low. Cause we record these things, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night. Uh, much easier for me to get up there, set up the camera, uh, and do an interview with Luke in person. And he hates, hates zoom. I'm sure he'd hate Streamyard if given the chance. I agree. Uh, I, I, th- I would upset him if I requested a a video chat meeting when there was an opportunity to go interview him in person. So look for an interview with Luke before spring football starts. Uh, a podcast, probably not. So <laughs> subscribe to the Bearcat Journal YouTube channel.
0: And you, and, and you know what? Brady Collins is not a half bad uh, backup, huh?
2: Right. And I know this question is coming. We are supposed to get the new coaches February 2nd for uh, interview opportunities.
1: Mm, so
2: next fantastic. week, we're supposed to hear from the new staff.
1: All right. Los Cake, kake whatever, however you pronounce his name. I don't even know. Uh, update on Caden's visit. Um, I know we talked about that a little bit here. So anything else to add on that then? Mick will have an article soon. There you go. <laughs> Um, the BBP staff's prediction for breakout player in each of the three areas—offense, defense, special teams—in 2022. Apologize if this was covered in a previous mailbag.
2: I just don't know, man. I just don't know.
1: Well, I, well, offense, we can do it now, off- and then we can. Offense, do it. I'll go.
2: Offense, I'll go. Jaden Thompson.
1: That's a good one. Um, Here. I'm gonna go Ethan Wright. I'll go Ben Bryant. I knew you would, Brent.
0: <laughs> no, I am not putting my name on any of that quarterback talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go, uh, man. Uh, I actually was going to say Jaden because just the way people talk about him. Um, but uh, not straying away from what both of you guys said, um, Ryan Montgomery. I think no. he turns into a potential 800 to 1,000-yard back.
1: So then we'll let you go first on defense since uh, Chad took your defense. What you got defense, on defense?
0: Uh, breakout <laughs> player defense. Mm. Let's go with – I mean, did, did Juwan Briggs break out last year? I, yeah. I mean, can,
2: can you can – towards, you know, towards the end of the season, maybe. He had a couple good games, but I wouldn't say right. he broke out.
0: Yeah. I mean – I think he's going to just dominate the AAC next year um, with the way that towards the end of the year, he was having those big games. I just think it, it took that little bit of adjustment, kind of like what Darian Beavers went through when he kind of, you know, just playing, you know, playing without thinking. I think Briggs will kind of be able to just use that, that power and strength and everything that he has. And I think he'll become just an absolute mainstay and, and have the, the breakout.
2: Who you got, Chad? You go ahead. We're going reverse the snake draft.
1: I think I'm going to take Arquan. Okay. Good pick. That's Safe. it? That's all you got? So, yeah, I mean, with with the, with the some of the guys that have left from the secondary, he's got a real chance to step up. He had some real big opportunities um, in some games this season to where he was making a big, big play in a moment where they needed him to. And now more so even uh, with with Sauce gone, with Kobe gone, with – Cook gone. Uh, I think there's going to be a real opportunity for him to shine in that secondary as a leader and just as a guy making plays all over the place. So I think as long as he stays healthy, Arquan's got a real opportunity. I'm going Jabari Taylor. I I think there has been a
2: guy the past couple years that has jumped up to surprise us that we didn't really expect. Elijah Ponder two years ago. Big Kurt. Curtis Brooks this year. I think Jabari Taylor has been limited in what he's been able to show because the depth ahead of been, ahead of him has been so insanely talented. I think, and I don't like, here's what I expect. And I, this is a little, I'll give you a small preview of my two deep, quote unquote, because it's not going to be a two deep at all.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think you'll see Jabari Taylor, Jawan Briggs, Malik Van as you're starting three down linemen in their base look. I don't know who will be inside. I don't know who will be outside. I wonder how much they plan to use that to their advantage, being able to shuffle those guys around. But I think Jabari Taylor has been the sleeping giant in that defensive line room just because he's been blocked and I expect a big, big season from Jabari.
1: All right, special teams. Ryan Coe, I'm in first. Yes. Aaron, I'll go the
2: rake. Uh, <laughs> <I> think...
1: <laughs>
2: he was great this year. He's not a break. He was he great as a
1: freshman. <laughs> I don't think I, – I think he's going to – I think next year you'll look back at this year and be like, oh, so – the Alabama game was was actually the preview for what we're going to get this year. Because I think that there was an evolution from where he started and even mid-season to where he finished the season at. And I think the more that Brady gets his hands on him, the more he's going to mold that body into a finely-tuned punting machine where we no longer refer to him as the rake, but maybe as, like, the weed whacker. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Very good. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, Okay, so I think Tyler Scott will have a kickoff return for a touchdown this year. Um, Kickoff—he's
2: going to be the kick. He's going to take overtake Trey Tucker
0: no as he, the
2: kickoff returner. No, they're
0: both going to be back there.
2: Well, I mean, like he had like three opportunities this year, Tyler.
0: Yeah, about probably seven. Um, okay, I just think he'll take one to the house. Okay, uh, but but he's not my breakout guy. My breakout guy will be Isaiah Cox, and the reason is because there always is that one player on kickoff team on punt team that kind of catches your eye. And 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 here's the
2: thing here. Here's where you might be right on that because they played their starters so much on those teams. Yeah. There might be more open spots on special teams than there is anywhere else.
0: Well, well, they lost
2: guys from both sides of the ball that made impact on, on special teams.
0: Right. Right. And you know, Royer's gone. who was a mainstay. Uh, Cope was gone. Who was a mainstay? You know, you you've got openings for these players to kind of show themselves. And when you have a player like Isaiah Cox, who has been mentioned so many times by Brady Collins and by the staff that they love love his future. I mean, Leroy Bowers was starting to make his his name at the end of the year on special teams. I if think. I was
2: going with with somebody on defense that's kind of fighting for a spot, I would I would probably go Bowers, right? Over Cox.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but
2: I, I don't hate it. I'm just saying, right. I think the interesting thing to me on special teams, um, because they're gonna be like starter starters and so important to everything you do, mm-hmm. do we still see Trey Scott and Trey Tucker as the gunners sure, guys. because right. they were the best gunners in the country for my For my money on punt coverage,
0: yeah, and I mean, are you going to see Josh Wiley out there
2: still? You know, I right, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to get Josh off special teams. That's just who he is.
0: Right. No, I agree. Um, So yeah, I yeah, I think Cox. You know, Brian Threats obviously was a player that did a lot on special teams towards the end of the year as
1: well. So uh, Cox, let's go with him. All right. Uh, What is Cummings' basic philosophy? on how he wants to scheme offensive line play and does it differ from what Crook has been teaching any chance, for a quick, any chance for a quick interview with Ian Walter anytime soon. We did just talk about that, that February 47th. 2nd is going to be that opportunity to talk with the new coaches. So get them in, develop them, get them drafted. Boom. All right. Uh, who wins in the rafters pull-up competition between uh, Westside Jesus and coach Luke Fickle? Uh,
2: I don't know, man. Like,
1: if you watch a big guy,
2: after like four or five of those pull-ups, Luke was getting a little winded.
1: He was a little gassed. But
0: supposedly they said that they were cheering a bunch before, so he was already tired. So,
2: possibly. I, I'll still go Luke. Now, if you give me Walt or Luke, I'll take Walt.
0: You know, but it, it does seem like the the smaller guys can really pump out a bunch of pull-ups.
2: Yeah, maybe Carrie can just rip off. like 20 of
1: them after snorting red bull
2: yeah (laughs) i don't know how you do that but it sounds i don't either
1: but i feel like i feel like that's what he does i don't know all right um in what areas must this coaching staff improve in order to become a top five program
2: where are they deficient where have they been deficient we um, need to see better tackle play. I think we all agree on that. And um,
1: The jury's out on if the coaching staff improved there or not? Yeah. Um, we've
2: seen outstanding quarterback play. We've seen excellent improvement from that wide receiver room. Uh, the running, running back, back position has been outstanding. Uh, they're going to have guys drafted at every level of the defense. Um. I think they just need to keep building. Like, need to t- keep what we have seen. Here's the thing: what we have seen in recruiting from Luke's first year is step over step over step over step improved recruiting classes each year. Now we are going to get to see what that glut of talent that was below the surface from those first two recruiting classes looks like. Right. And that's exciting.
1: You'll also get to see what this staff can do recruiting with the Big 12 label for a full year yeah. under their belt. Mm-hmm. Sure. Cuz we still haven't seen what that looks like in its full one-year capacity.
2: Yeah. For sure, so. Uh
1: which group is more likely to retain its top 15 status in 2022, offense or defense?
2: Offense. We, we just talked about like we there, we know so there's so much more known about the offense than there is lot, about the defense.
1: A lot less pieces. Cornerback position. <laughs> a lot less new pieces. Yeah, offense. That's all um, I want to say. Cornerback. When do, when do Coach Luke Fickle and Crew actually take their vacations and escape? Does Amy let Luke, make recruiting calls while on vacation. What about the other coaches? Can we get some vacation and time away stories from any members of the coaching staff? Okay. We None. know we will get Brady's. One, no.
2: Because I'm not getting it. I'm not prying into their personal lives. Like Luke, what,
0: tell us about the beach.
2: <laughs> tell me about what you and your wife do while the kids are asleep on vacation. Generally, oh if you want to know when the coaches take vacation, it's it's when there's dead periods. So when recruiting stops, vacation starts is kind of how it goes Um, except for like, you know, the, the specific bowl process Um, that's, that's, you know, there's a period like in the summer where at the end of June uh, you can no longer have camps and that is like the downtime between the end of June and the start of higher ground in August. That's a big vacation time. There's a vacation time at the end of spring football. um, Where maybe you can get a week away or whatever. Uh, So if you look at the recruiting calendar and you look at the dead periods, that's generally when coaches get away. And one of the reasons is that is so is it's a dead period. So there's not as many recruiting calls like in a dead period, a recruit can call you, but you can't call a recruit. So is Luke, you know, if if uh, if Josh Wiley called Luke while he was on vacation during a dead period, my guess is he's going to take that call. Yeah. But he's not sitting there making 40 recruiting calls while the Fickle family is on a beach in Florida.
1: <laughs> I always pictured him as a endless drinks guy in mexico but that was just no
2: they're a they're a vacation like rent out your own private beat they got six kids bro yeah they're not why, hauling everybody to that's mexico. why
1: i would that's why i would go all-inclusive where you just let them eat all day long while you're just <laughs> drinking all day long I, that's I'm just saying i think i think
2: they like getting a really really nice house in florida that can accommodate like three families, and they just use it for the Fickle family. Gotcha.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, You guys accidentally talked about it last week. Who on the 2022 team do you think gets drafted in the 23-24 drafts?
2: You know, I had a very interesting conversation on this tonight. Um, At this point last year, if somebody had asked that question, the easy answers would have been Dez, Sauce, And my, My right? Mm -hmm. What if I had told you last year at this point in time that Brian Cook was on track? Like, ah, I think Brian Cook's going to be a third round, fourth round at best or at worst guy. Darren Beaver's kind of the same. You told me I was a crazy person.
1: Well, last last year this time we thought Wiley was done here after last year. Right? We thought he was in the draft.
0: Jerome Ford is the number one name for me in that in that yeah. scenario.
2: I, I still think Cook is probably more for me than anybody. I Outside of the Peach Bowl, like, that was a glimpse yeah. of, like, this is a dude. But the Peach Bowl was also a glimpse that Jerome Ford right. ran away right. from an SEC defense. Right. It gave him the Tyree kill. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, it's so hard. To predict, like, uh, Javari Taylor, Javon Hicks, uh, I think Juwan fit Briggs. in that mold, uh, Jawan Briggs, um, Wilson Huber. Like, uh, we're talking about Beavers getting drafted. Huber's got all of those traits mm-hmm. that, like, uh, that could see him be a guy that's an, an NFL backer. Um, right now, I would say there's a lot of guys that probably project to – late round, undrafted, get a shot at training camp. But I thought there were probably three or four or five guys that were in that spot at this point in time last year that are now on boards and, and have a chance to get drafted. So um, we'll see. Uh, that that's, that's another one of those things. Once we get into camp and we get into the season – when you start seeing the scouts show up and, and you start picking their brains, like, okay, this guy's, this guy's gone from here to here. And this guy's right. moved up, you know, that, that's the fun part.
0: I mean, like to, he, like what if he
2: fills out? Yeah, but awesome. he's probably like, well, 24 draft, I guess covers that where, you know, it, it, it might not be this year, but it's the following year. So yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. uh, Brady mentioned additional resources to take care of his team. Is this an indication of contract extension? And do you expect to see any additional resources added for the staff? Sure. (laughs) Good answer. Stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, Is, is Crook still on the staff? And if so, what position and how is he handling the position change with the negative implications?
2: Uh, Technically? Yes. We'll see. I, I, I don't have a great, this is an awkward situation for Ron Crook. Like he's an offensive line coach. He wants to coach an offensive line. If he finds that opportunity, I'm sure if it's fitting and, and you know, makes sense, that's where he'll be. If he needs a job, uh, I'm sure there's a place for him here. Right now, he's still under contract with UC. We'll see how it goes. I, I just, I'm not comfortable answering, answering that because I'm not, I don't want to speak for coach crook and, and where things are at in that situation. It's a terrible spot, right? Like your boss decided the, 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 the play, the program needed was to go in a different direction. Right. That's got to Like, that's gotta be a, it's a, a
1: tough punch. Yeah. pill
2: to swallow. So it's one I'm not comfortable speaking on. Cause that's a guy, as I I posted on Twitter, phenomenal human being. And I like, I I don't, I don't, I don't feel great getting into it.
1: All right. Moving on real quick past that uh, was Jack Perry on scholarship. No, he was a walk-on. We did see that he is in the transfer portal today. So that's where that dropped like a
0: 40 minute highlight take. (laughs) That's
1: unfortunate because God, I love Jack Perry. Yeah, I know.
2: The walk-on that didn't need an NIL deal didn't, didn't need, uh, you know, any extra, uh, things. His dad was like the number two person at Google for a while. <laughs> so oh, nice. the, the Jack Perry family is, his dad private chartered into home games. So the, the Perry family's doing all right. It's
1: kind of a big doing deal. That um, what would have surprised you more before the season started? The Bearcats beating Bama and then Georgia and winning the college football playoff. Were the Bengals taking care of business in Kansas City and going on to win the Super Bowl? Bengals. We saw UC play Georgia. Yeah.
2: They played them to the wire.
1: We knew they were going to be damn near, if not undefeated, this year. Mm -hmm. So the college football play, if you stayed undefeated, was certainly in your sights as you looked at the the schedule. The Bengals, we
2: had. They had – remember, the most difficult thing about the Bengals was – Obviously, one, Joe Burrow recovering from his knee injury. But two, they went out and spent $100 million on defense for 2020 and got like seven games out of all that money that they spent because guys got hurt. So we had no clue what their additions on defense looked like. And then they added a bunch this offseason as well. So they had basically an entirely new defense. If you go just back to 2019, Aaron, you're the you're the Bengals guy. How many guys that played defense here in 2019 are still on the roster?
1: Um, I think that was the year they drafted Logan Wilson. Um, on the defense. no, didn't they
2: draft Logan Wilson in 2020? Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, wasn't that the same draft?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, Wilson, yeah. this is a second
3: year.
0: Yeah. Okay, then
1: yeah. yeah, it's only his second year. Um, I think I guess just him playing as well as he did this year yeah
2: but i mean he I yeah. mean, he played in 2020 so he at least had a little bit of an idea that like yeah he could play but i'm saying um,
1: jesse bates yeah. um von bell was a 2020 edition um your corners are all new i mean trey waynes i think was was part of that 2020 money Three as well and class, that's, yeah. that's that's still not panning out um but
2: uh, my point being the we whole defensive had, line is new No fucking clue what this defense was going to be coming into this season. Most
1: national writers put them, put the Bengals at three or four wins total this year. If you go back
2: and look like that was the thing we joked about on radio after the draft is everybody just instinctively had Cincinnati. Once again, drafting in the top 10 top five. Yeah. I felt like this was probably a seven win team, but mainly because I had no clue. How good they were gonna be on defense. And that comes from four years of being absolute trash, like amongst the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. Accurate. They won that game, they won the divisional round game against the number one seed Tennessee Titans in Tennessee in Nashville because of their defense. If you would have told me that,
1: you could in can make that same argument for the Raiders win.
2: If you'd have told me that in August, I would have told you you're a fucking crazy person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue they'd be in the conference championship game. No one did. I mean, but, you could you could you could have left you could have left that question at playing for the conference championship, right. not even not even going in to Kansas City and winning. Like, and I still would have called you a raving lunatic. Drink right. another one. All right. Um, how can our team start recruiting at a much higher rate in terms of players? I'm talking average rating 89.93, which is between 10 to 19th type of recruiting class with 1 to 3 5-star players. Is this doable between now and the class of 2025? Um, before you guys, I was going to say before you guys even go, I'll say you have to just keep winning at a very, very high level. Like it took Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, a long, long time to get to this point where they're doing this year after year. Now, Texas A&M, they're doing something completely different down there, taking huge advantage right now of the – But
2: you're doing it with a national championship coach in a recruiting hotbed like Texas.
1: But you're also doing it taking hard advantage of the NIL deal. deal, Sure. NIL rules as they are currently in place. That all said, at a school like Cincinnati where you're not even in the Big 12 yet, you're going to continue to struggle. And only having one year in that CFP conversation – like that that makes a very, very big difference when you're going up against Blue Bloods. You're not going to get recruiting like the Blue Bloods quite yet. Twenty twenty five might be too soon,
0: but I don't think it's out of the realm to say within the next ten years if things continue sure. on the
1: current trajectory. So But again, um, that's going to take years of winning.
0: Right, right. Exactly. Which I mean, shoot, they're they were a field goal away from beating Georgia last year. They were A couple of big plays made to being right there with Alabama at the end as well. So they are not literally that far off, but just keep winning. If you build it, they will come.
2: I mean, just think about like averaging in the nineties in recruiting. Go look at where the average rating was six years ago. Low eighties, like. 83, 84 was an awesome, like, best class in school history. It takes time to continue to stack that type of success. So, 89 to 90, the average class last year was 86, 85, Mm -hmm. 86, two years, between the last two, three years. And those are the greatest classes in school history. Right. Is it going to happen instantly? No. If you keep winning and you keep building... If you build it, they will come.
0: Hey, hey!
1: All right, maybe my favorite question in the entire mailbag: If you accidentally put galactic sauce in your gas tank, could Danco fix the car?
2: Yes, I have that much faith in Joe. Yes, they could,
1: and and they can take ninety dollars off it too. Yeah, yeah. This use week. that use that ninety dollars that Joe's giving you, and use that to buy more sauce since you misplaced it in your gas tank. <laughs> Damn it, Brian. Um, any chance of Cam Butler from Miami being an option now that he just entered the portal?
2: I, I don't know yet. It, he just entered the portal. So TBD.
1: Sack, 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 sacks.
2: Covcath kid. I, I liked him from the start. Gets after the quarterback. Uh my concern would be I don't know that he has the type of uh size length they're looking for in an edge rusher, just from looking at it on the surface.
1: And that concludes the football portion of the 513shirts.com mailbag. Moving on to the Very basketball good. portion of the 513shirts.com mailbag. What is the status of Rob Banks? Recovering from a knee injury. Easy enough. And, and British. Uh, yeah, Banksy is still British, correct. The top three, fr- top three refs that give Chad a headache as soon as he finds out they're doing a game. What a, what a question. Pat Adams, I fucking hate that. He's so bad. <laughs> so bad.
2: Uh, John Higgins is right up there. Um,
1: TV Teddy? Others? I liked Ted. like I Ted. Think, I, I think TV Teddy grew on me. Like, I did not like him at all. Okay, here's the thing.
2: He is easy to
1: hate because he's so... Flamboyant with his calls. Outwardly what flamboyant.
2: Yes. But he's actually... He's a good official. A good official. Like, if you're actually paying attention to his calls, he he knows what he's doing. He's good. Unless um, he's
0: turning his back on you when you're trying to talk to him.
2: <laughs> he has his, like, ego moments, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I think nuts and bolts, I like T.B. Teddy as an official. Um... One that we don't really see much that I think is awful is Bo Borowski. And I'm sure Brent is very familiar. Yeah. Broad Ripple Bo, when I see him calling a Big Ten game, I know it's going to be a shit show.
0: I mean, he's he's pretty famous.
2: He sucks. He's pretty famous (laughs) because he sucks. Am I wrong?
0: No, you're right. But I mean it. Pretend knows who Borowski is.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm just like I'm just saying, UC fans, he doesn't call many UC games. Right. So he's not going to be a name that, like, if you're a UC fan that's used to watching UC games, like, you're going to associate with that guy sucks, but he sucks. <laughs> Pat Adams is my least favorite ever. That guy is so terrible. When he ran, like, he ran over to Wes Miller to try to start shit the other night after he made a bad call. He made a bad call. He knew it. Wes Miller was standing inside the coach's box. He was yelling at him to get out, to get back in the coach's box. Wes looks down like, I'm here. And he kept coming after him, trying to tee him up because he knew he fucking made a bad call. That's the worst thing an official can do in my book is make a bad call and then double down trying to give you a tee because they know it's a fucking bad call. I hate it. I hate it. And he's so like, oh, that guy It, it reignited the other night. Luckily, it was a 25-point game for most of the, the second half, so I didn't have to really, like, worry about him. But he sucks ass.
1: Boom. All right. Very early into the West Miller tenure. Chad, you suggested he asked you if there was a good part of town to live in terms of its impact on recruiting. What did you tell him, and without doxing him, did he generally heed your advice? I told him it doesn't
2: matter in basketball in Cincinnati because there's not, like, specifically this is where the talent comes from. Sometimes it's in the public schools. Sometimes it's at Moeller. Sometimes it's out on the outskirts. Um, So there really wasn't an answer as to, like, you know, football, like uh, tie yourself to the GCL somewhere or, yeah. you know, tie yourself to, to Coleraine or Winton Woods or somewhere like that. Like in football, it's pretty simple. In basketball, it's so sporadic that there's not really not really an answer. All right. And yes, I think he heeded my advice by not deciding to live anywhere. Uh simply based on what might randomly help him in recruiting.
1: Uh, does a win against Houston do enough to make the NCAA tournament, or do we need a good run in the a- AC tournament? So,
2: it's a very interesting question, because if you beat Houston...
1: We talking on the road or at home?
2: I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter.
1: I, I agree. I don't think it matters at all.
2: It doesn't matter. If you beat Houston, you add a second top 10 net resume win. And as we've talked about, the bubble is going to stink because the bubble stinks. That's what it does. It stinks. It's a stinky bubble every year. It's like a fart enclosed in a, a ball of soap. A ball Black of soap. That's that's what bubbles home. are, right? They're bubbles. like a bubble. it's just a yeah. ball of soap. Yeah. Thank you. I it's like a fart. That. It's a fart enclosed in a ball of soap. The bubble stinks. Only if
1: Aaron is holding the little little bubble <laughs> machine right there. I, I just I just immediately couldn't stop thinking about that girl who recently, because she had like a stroke or a heart attack yeah. or something, stopped. She was farting her. into jars <laughs> and selling them on the internet. So hire her to BCJ. Aaron, get no. it bubbles out. I don't need any part of any of that. Get me okay. out of here. Um, If you
2: have, like, if Cincinnati gets to, like, 20, 21, 22 wins and has win- a neutral site win over Illinois and any win over Houston, boy, you'd have a very difficult time leaving them out because they would have two monster wins and making the tournament is about wins. Yeah. So – Especially if, if like, Wichita State
0: sneaks into a quad one win. I I mean... I don't even
2: care about that. Like,
0: if you have two
2: top ten wins... Right. The rest of that shit doesn't fucking matter for the most part.
0: And the good thing is you can fluff up your your record a little bit with, you know, hopefully two wins this week. Yeah, like, you just... If you don't
2: collapse, like, if you get to the finish line with 21, 22 wins, and two of them are Houston and Illinois... Right, you're probably going to be in.
1: All right. Crazy to say that. Crazy. Does red shirting count as one of the 13? And what do you think Wes would do if a high four-star or five-star wanted to come to UC other than these things work out?
2: Red shirting does not count as one of the 13. And the roster takes care of itself. Like, you guys spend – Way too much time worrying about the number. We talk about it every year. What's the number? How many? What's it? What? I'm so concerned. It always works itself out. Always. But does it
0: redshirting counts towards one of the? Of
2: course, years? yeah. I said yeah. first thing off. Okay, redshirting yeah, counts. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. on scholarship, you count.
0: Right. I miss why But it. yeah.
2: Other than that, like, don't stress it. It, it it will work itself out one way or the other.
0: But I think it's safe to say that the core has gotten a lot more promising. Sure. Throughout the season. So Yeah.
2: It's this isn't this isn't the point a couple weeks ago where people were asking for a roster enema, which right. just sounds sounds gross.
1: Agreed. Immediately. <laughs> Given we were 14 and 5, is 9 and 3 to finish the regular season and 1 and 1 in the AAC tournament good enough to dance? That's 24 and 9, assuming a home win over Houston or Memphis and your answer.
2: Memphis isn't gonna matter right now.
1: So nine and
0: three. So that would be a win over Memphis, and then the the three losses are at home to Houston, at Houston, and then at SMU.
2: Yeah, that's not, probably not going to get you in. No, you didn't win either of the Houston games. You lost at SMU. You go? What? No, that's probably not going to get you. In.
1: Stinky bubble. That'd be what? 20, there, there's, there's, there's Twenty-four. Here's your podcast nine, title. Yeah. Fart bubble. <laughs> uh, any smoke surrounding Amari Abram?
2: Um, not really. Uh, Jerry throws thirty-five names a year on the board and I love Jerry. Um I I don't a 64 guard that like that you just recruited Amari Abram the superior in Daniel Skellings. I think right now if you're looking at adding something it's a transfer big when we get to the offseason.
1: SMU SMU has real I was I was combining that with real. That's
2: so SMU is so good. That that's that's, that's perfect.
1: Very good. Yeah. <laughs> S Mustangs
2: for, for the ponies, yeah. S-Mule.
1: the Mustangs. I might, I might have to keep that as a running joke. Uh, yeah. but uh, SMU has reeled off eleven to twelve wins and sits in second at five and one. A win at Temple puts the Cats a half game behind them and alone in third place. So they get it done in Philly?
2: Maybe. I feel I feel better about it than I did at the start of this podcast.
0: A lot of rust for the uh, for the Owls.
2: Who? See what you did there.
0: The temple owls,
1: the who's, the who's, who, who, who. Dad jokes plenty on this. (laughs) Jesus, Uh, is there any update on Newman? Realistic expectations for Ravon? No. And uh, they're in the mix.
2: They're in the mix for Ravon. Like they're they're doing a really good job selling Cincinnati to him, staying home to him, and with the move. With the move to the Big 12, there are some kids that don't like that. There are some kids that that don't that don't want that. I, I don't know that he if he's one or not. He's listening. He's been very responsive. And moving to the Big 12, which right now is clearly, clearly, the most complete basketball conference in the country, has some appeal. Definitely
1: better than the shitty AAC. We can I think safely say that. Uh, that concludes the basketball portion of the 513shirts.com mailbag. Let's go, let's go. Let's Moving go. on to the final Ixies. round uh, where Skins thrives. But you um, see Mark beat him to it. Uh, who gets the real blame for no nightcap on Saturday? Or is it 50-50? Uh, I will say I called, I called Jad when I was still sober-ish. I finished the night hammered, hammered, hammered. <laughs> uh, That's all me. I,
2: I had my dad and my stepmom over. We watched the game had some dinner. Kelly and I were hanging out. Um, I just, there wasn't any UC news on Saturday <laughs> of any relevance. I figured everybody was kind of in Bengals mode. I wanted to hang out with my wife. Aaron so, called and
1: said, me to go hey. Party.
2: Aaron called and said, hey, I'm willing to do this before I go back out. I said, go back out. He He did not try to beg out of it. There was no... <laughs> Like there was no passing out on his couch as we saw a week prior.
1: It was someone else's couch.
2: Oh, well, at that but at that point in time, you were still awake.
1: I was. I was with my friends. So yeah.
2: So I, I told him to go party with his friends. I hung out with my wife, and uh, we got back after it last night. And it was Clearly, little... still but,
1: drinking water, recovering.
2: Here's the thing, man. In most weeks, we're gonna take a fucking day off from the nightcap.
1: When there's nothing in going most on.
2: weeks. Yeah. If there's a slow night and there's like, we're going to, I'm not going to force you guys know this about me. We could have 20 more content items on the board every day, but I'm not feeding you bullshit just to feed you bullshit. Like I'm not going to put something up on the front page. That's one tweet copy and pasted and like a paragraph underneath it just to get you to click. That's not what we do. We produce real content about real stuff, and if there's not anything to talk about, I'm not throwing up a nightcap, uh, just because there's supposed to be a nightcap every night. Like all we six would have talked ago. about,
1: all we would have talked about was probably home field apparel, and how much more did you guys want to hear about home field apparel at that point? <laughs> and
2: they're not a sponsor of the nightcap, right? Galactic Fried Chicken is. So, no, I, I decided. I made the executive decision that there was no nightcap on saturday and i told aaron to go party with his friends
1: all right skins coming in uh continuing the trend of well shit someone famous died here's my question with louis anderson dying i want to ask who is your favorite comedian of all time follow-up question has anyone had a better comedy run than eddie murphy from 82 to 92 he went on a run with snl 48 hours trading places beverly hills cop golden child Beverly Hills Cop 2, Raw Coming to America, Harlem Nights, another 48 hours, and The Distinguished Gentleman. P.S. Aaron, what route do you take from Athens to Cincinnati? <laughs> 35 or 32, and what kind of car do you drive? Asking for a friend. If I'm going from my mom's house, which I was there for dinner on Sunday, i take 32 out from uh, – I'm sorry, 35 out from Washington Courthouse. If I'm coming from downtown, I'd take 32.
0: And what kind of car?
1: Uh, Honda Civic. Oh, man, he's, he's hunting you down. <laughs> Murdered out. (laughs) Um, So, one,
2: uh, how the fuck did you forget Delirious in the Eddie Murphy
1: like uh, list of credits skins? The discography? Or the videography? Filmography, yeah. I mean, I
2: love Raw, but Delirious is just as funny. And just as timeless if you watch Delirious today, how good both of those are. Uh, For most of my life, it's been Eddie Murphy. Because Raw and Delirious just like shaped me. And I love Richard Pryor. Um, that was that was a big one growing up for me as well. Um, as I've gotten older, I've done more listening to George Carlin, who was so right about life. Like if you haven't, if you're young and you haven't really dug back into old George Carlin, you have to. Uh, Right now, Burt Kreischer probably moves the needle for me more than anybody. Although I've gotten into... I I was never a big female comic fan until recently because I think their their impact on the craft is exploding. Um, Whitney Cummings and Taylor Tomlinson crack me up. So that's where I'm at on comedy right now. I love two bears one cave like the comedy podcast scene is phenomenal right now Chrysler, segura uh theo vaughn is really funny um there's so a weird. bunch of them
1: so weird the leap he made from real world yeah and the challenges to where he's at now oh, like, Theo right? vaughn is hilarious so
0: weird his little videos that he posts on like instagram are just hilarious Uh, For me, it's Chappelle. Um, I'm not a big Uh, Chappelle, of
2: course. I I don't know how I left Chappelle. (laughs) Chappelle,
0: Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm just not a big stand-up comedian kind of guy. Uh,
1: Or
2: I'll lay in bed and watch stand-up stuff for like two hours. Right.
1: right. I feel like cancel culture has made comedy such a hard thing anymore. um, That where a lot of comedians are afraid of flirting with the danger zone. So there's so I'm
2: drawn to the ones that are like. Right
1: into the danger zone. But, like, even with, like, comedy movies, like, no one's
2: putting out comedy
1: movies like they used to. Nothing's Um, funny anymore. So, I guess, like, I don't know. I mean, I I still kind of go back to, like, I mean, growing up during, like, Will Ferrell and Seth Rogen as they were coming into their own. And Seth, I think, had, like, such a big impact. and yeah did so many different movies and same with uh with will like i think those are probably my, my top two are we we're...
0: are are they able to be thrown into it is because
1: I they're comedians they're comedians, what, they're comedians.
0: What is, oh okay okay well then yeah yeah those guys for me too i oh, mean seth rogan i went went and saw pineapple express on uh the the night midnight that it came out just died laughing at some of i don't think they do before. as
2: much stand-up as they like right. they you know, right but they're still comedians
1: Yeah, I I think like with with Seth Rogen, uh, this is the end might be my favorite comedy movie that he did. Ridiculous! It was so absurd on so many levels. Oh yeah. Um, And then Super Bad is an all time all
0: time comedy movie for me. It's The Hangover. Um, I mean, uh, but but still, if it's a stand up, Chappelle, because I don't watch a lot, but I watched one
1: in college, and I was just like,
0: like dying laughing the guy's
1: a
2: master at the craft
1: the christmas movie he the christmas movie he did with um uh falcon from the marvel series and uh the the other kid from third rock from the sun is maybe one of my favorite christmas movies of all time
2: i quote half-baked in every show we do
1: yeah Yeah. all right um when the bengals beat kansas city this weekend and head to the super bowl do we want to see bengals versus niners part three or bengals versus rams tentative tentative movie titles for part three of san francisco's saint joe exacts revenge or joe who uh
2: yeah see i think that's the thing like it it has to be san francisco yeah, because of extracting all the demons of Bengals past. Well, and as somebody said to me in my mentions when I posed this yesterday, we have Montana now.
1: Well, I think when you go back to the Raiders win and you exercise the curse the of Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson curse, and then and no now wins you have the road. Now you have the opportunity to potentially get a rematch of San Francisco. Absolutely, I want that.
2: And Garoppolo chokes. Uh, Brent, how many times has the Cincinnati Bengals lost in the AFC Championship game?
0: Zero would be my guess. Twice
1: Two in the Super 0,
2: Bowl, maybe. both to the Niners. 2-0 in the AFC Championship game. But
1: you can't leave Patrick Mahomes with even 13 seconds, or he's going well- to... <laughs> Go 44 nope. yards, kick a field goal, and then. Or squint kick it. Win a coin toss, and game's over. Squib Mo made a great it, point. No
2: 30 yards. Mo made a great point. Remember the, the Chiefs game? Yeah. When the Bengals ran out the last seven minutes
1: like, and elected to not down?
2: give Kansas City one second. Not one. Yeah. Not one second. Not one. Now you know why. And they because needed a, a lucky
1: call here or there, too. Of course,
2: but that's that's how that's it football. works, right? Awesome. Like
1: to your point, that Brent absolutely they should have squib kicked it. What the hell were they thinking? Not squib kicking it, and then giving a, a – I mean, I guess, I guess though,
2: you just catch it and down field it. position. Well, yeah, you're like you're taking a chance of if you squib kick it, they jump on it to thirty-five and like just catch it, go straight down. That because the clock doesn't. Here's I think the biggest mis- the, the clock doesn't start on the kick.
1: It starts when the ball hits the field. So if you. No, no, no.
2: No, no. When someone else touches it. It starts when somebody touches it. it.
0: But still, even one second.
2: Oh, they had four. Three. Yeah. (laughs) Three.
0: No, I know. I know. But I am just saying
2: that's not the impact that people think it is because the ball doesn't start or the, the clock doesn't start when the ball's kicked. Right. The clock starts when the ball is touched. So if somebody snatches it at the 35 and goes down, now you've, you've, got one sec now there's 12 seconds but but the ball's at the 35 instead of the 25
0: technically do you have to touch them, or no just of, when you when you give NFL? yourself
2: up and no in the nfl you can give yourself up and go down okay
1: okay yeah, you probably tell him that before the kickoff yeah yeah, yeah. all right well, that concludes the 513shirts.com mailbag. Don't forget, you can get free shipping on all orders over $45. Enter code BCJ for 10% off there at 513shirts.com. And you get 15% off of the Malik Band collection, as well as right now because of how well your Cincinnati Bengals are doing. Who day? Uh, 20% off of their shit.
2: Mailbag, time stamp it, you son
1: of a bitch. <laughs> I was already on it, man. Well, I was yet
0: to get another fantastic BBP. Guys, anything before we close this one out? Thank you, 513 Shirts, by the way. Beautiful mailbag. And Danco. Well, well, Danco is coming next. And
2: Homefield. Get,
1: Get us out of here, man. Get us all the way out. Like I said, special thank you to
0: 513 Shirts, to Homefield, and to, of course, Danco Transmission. $90 off. Just. Go take them a rinky-dink. See what they can do with it. You get $90 off. (laughs) Anyway, another beautiful BBP for my partners in crime, for my good pals, good friends, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. I am Brent Young. Yet again, this was the Bearcat Bounce Podcast presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!